got? We got Will Fly in the house. What's up? We got Scott Starbeck. I was going to say Starbucks. I was going to say Starbucks. It looked like Starbucks. All right. And I really need some glasses, apparently. But anyways, welcome, everybody. Glad that you are here. Glad that you're in the chat. Glad that you are watching us here on ClearProptTV.com. We have an awesome show today. And as always, we're going to introduce the panel real quick before we introduce our guest, which is Sean hey, Rachel Hayden. We got Will Fly from Will Fly PPG. What's up, my friend, my buddy, old pal? Hey, what's going on? Good to be here. I am so glad you're here, my friend. Um, since I don't, uh, since I'm not going to be wearing my glasses to see what's going on here, if you could do me a favor and keep an eye on that chat for me today. Bet. All right. So if you guys have any questions for uh, Sean and Rachel tonight, just make sure you tag Will Fly. He'll take care of that. Um, anything good on your YouTube channel lately? I. Yeah, man, just uh, just recently dropped my bad apples video. It's an awesome, best wine I've ever been to. All right, so rub it in a little check bit. Check it out, youtube.com forward slash willfly. Or willflyppg.com. That'll work too, yeah. I know, right? Well, Thanks thank you, Will, for... Grandpa. Well, you know, <laughs> thank you for everything that you do for the show. Appreciate you, yeah, buddy. Man. All right, and we also got our very own Linda Anderson from ParamomUSA.com hey with the little pom-poms. What's up, what's up? Try it. Always right. good to see welcome, you, Miss Linda. You know me, I'm Monday night. I'm always ready. Thank you, chatters, for hanging with us tonight. All my viewers, love you bunches, love you bunches. Um, I just want to say, I, got, I have to say a shout out to Eric, Eric Lear and Jade Lear. Um, it, I, every time I think about it, I still get emotional. It was the greatest day ever to be my first tandem flight. And Eric was the best pilot. Both Eric and Jade were so patient with me. And I tell you what, Para Family Rock. That's all I'm gonna say, Para Family Rock. And I'm ready to get back up in the air again. So and that's know. what we think all the time. So now you totally understand what we yeah. go through mentally. We're like, we haven't flown in a couple of days. We're pulling some hair out. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love you guys. She now finally we, gets it. Yeah, she finally does after all these years. Well, thank you very much, <laughs> Linda Anderson. Okay. And of course, guys, you know, if you want to be on the show, just get up with Linda Anderson. If you go to ParamomUSA.com, that forwards over to her Facebook page. Just PM her and say, hey, I want to be on PPG Grappa's Paramount Podcast, ClearProp TV, and Paratalk.org, and she'll hook you up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Linda. <laughs> Appreciate you. We also got Jim from Canada, a eh? the only guy I know that sniffs his money and goes, mmm, maple syrup. What's up, buddy? <laughs> That's if it's not in the back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things are going good, going good. Got 132 flights in. What? That's awesome, man. You're rolling, aren't you? I am. I'm I'm loving it. And I got to get, I should set a goal to have a few more for, uh, I'm going to, on July 4th is my one year anniversary of being a pilot. 
Well, congratulations. That's awesome. And also, too, if you guys don't know, Jim is one that uh, gets all of our stickers, our ClearProp TV stickers, our um, our paramotorcalendar.com, and he takes care of all of us up there in Canada. And you can always get your own stuff if you want to. Anything that you want printed or whatever, just get up with Jim over at carepp.com. And if you want to see his crazy shenanigans flying, go to carepg.com. I love your .coms, dude. It's just absolutely amazing. Thanks to you. Ah. You helped me out. That's go awesome. Go on. Go on. No, really. Go on. Yeah, no. go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Jim, for helping us out. We definitely appreciate you. But it's not about you. It's not about me. Tonight is all about Sean and Rachel Hayden. Uh, they've been flying... Well, Sean's been flying paramotors for like 10 years. He's a tandem. He's got his tandem exemption. He goes out and flies foot launch. He's been all over the United States. Welcome, Sean and Rachel. We, we, we just think that you're awesome. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got into paramotoring. <laughs> uh, you know, I've always wanted to fly. You know, growing up as a kid, I remember uh, in my bedroom, I used to have F-14s and 16s, different aircraft, stuff like that postered on my wall, you know, and uh, never could afford to fly. Uh, I figured the cheapest. What up, Jerry? What up? I made it. I don't want to see your face right now. (laughs) What up, girl? What's up? So... So I figured, uh, you know, if I ever got into sport of flying, uh, I didn't know anything about paramotors at the time, but I did know about power parachutes. And the weird thing is about this, uh, I was passing one day uh, at a pawn shop (laughs) and I seen a power parachute sitting outside. And uh, me and Rachel, we pulled into the pawn shop and when I was like a kid in the candy store, you know, I mean, I went and sat on it and looked it over and uh, I'm not a spontaneous kind of buyer, you know, I went home and dwelt on it, did a little YouTube search, Google search. In the process of that, YouTube, I seen somebody up there doing some barrel rows and some spirals and it was not a power parachute, you know, it was a paramotor. And uh, so that really got my interest up. And so I started Googling, looking for instructors, uh, trying to figure out how to get involved in, uh, in this thing that I just seen doing barrel rows and spirals, you know, uh, foot launch, butt fan kind of thing. And I found Andy McAvin. Uh, he was there in League City. League City is near uh, Galveston, Texas. And uh, he had a phone number, and I gave him a call and spoke with him, uh, went over a few things. Uh, it was in my ballpark, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think I started off $5,000 for a paramotor, a wing, and training. <laughs> and, uh, and off it went, you know. It wasn't the best start, but uh, <laughs> my very first flight, I had an engine help. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, you got that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after I went through all my 
training and things like that, you know, uh, I figured, you know, uh, you know, it's time to take it home. And I learned how to fly on a beach. And let me tell you something. I found out real quick. It's the difference between beach flying and going inland. Look, all I knew was the beach. That was it. You know, good limited wind, felt a gust here and there, you know. I didn't know what a thermal was. I didn't know what a thermal felt like. You know, I guess we didn't get that deep into uh, our training. And so my very first flight home, Oakdale, where I live, is a very small town. You know, uh, 7,000 people, and I think 1,500 of them is in the federal detention center. You know, so uh, <laughs> we talk about 5,000 people in Oakdale. <laughs> Got its name, uh, with oak trees. We are covered with oak trees. So is it the best place to fly a paramotor? No, but we do have an airport. And I seen winds uh, at the beach. You can fly 10, 12 mile an hour winds, you know, at the beach. And that felt nice. You know, I wasn't scared of a 10 mile an hour wind, a 12 mile an hour wind. And I seen that in the forecast for Oakdale, Louisiana. So I went down in the summertime to our local airport. Now, it's a lot of asphalt, it's a lot of metal buildings, and it's surrounded by woods. And uh, our district attorney, uh, he just landed, you know, in a beach craft or something like that. And I remember him making a statement, and I should have listened a little closer, but from him landing a beach craft or whatever. And he's like, man, it was a little rough up there. <laughs> I should have took that advice, you know, but I also was taught if you can't cut the wing, don't fly it, you know, cause it's probably going to be rowdy, you know? Agreed. Well, so I'm at home. I'm by myself. Very first flight, you know, inland and, uh, I'm, I realize it's a little windy, a little gusty, but I was sort of used to that being on the beach, you know, and uh, I thought it was a go, but I did try to cut the wing and I couldn't. <laughs> and uh, finally, I just said, heck with it. You know how you get that determination that I'm going to do it, you know, and uh, and I did. I, I done it. <laughs> Look here. I did a fart and uh, – because I couldn't cut the wing. I couldn't reverse cut. It was windy enough, but I, it was just dancing all over the place. Uh, so I just figured I was going to do a fart and hammer the throttle and just climb up. Son, when I went to climbing, I failed to realize when the wind is blowing, you got to think of wind and water yeah. sort of alike. So wind, when it comes over the treetops, it's going to fall. You know, and then when they, and it's going to start tumbling and do all that. You put a leaf in the back of your pickup truck and go right around, you'll see that light leaf all over the place in the back of your truck, you know? Well, that's what that wind was doing all over the place because we was covered with trees and we're in the bed of the truck and I'm trying to fly out of that crap. Look here. I was trying to climb up and that wind was coming down. Yeah. I was wondering if I was going to clear the treetops, <laughs> oh, no. you know? And finally when I did, that wind was blowing. It scared me to death. I remember saying this prayer. I told God, I said, if you put my feet back on the ground, on a, <laughs> I quit flying. <laughs> it it ain't me scared to death, you know. <laughs>
What a lie that was. <laughs> I, think, I think we all lie in those type of prayers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I swear same... I'll never drink again, God. I swear <laughs> I'll never fly again. But here's the, here's the thing. That wasn't the scary part of the flat. Oh, yeah? What was? So here, it, so here it is. I was still flying into the headwind, which I wasn't hardly penetrating. I, I, would, I would climb up. And the higher I climbed with it being rowdy, the scarier I got. And I sort of, I wouldn't say panic, but I knew I had to turn, go downwind to turn back into the wind to land, you know? So I turned downwind. When I did, son, I was trucking, you know? And when I went downwind, it was throwing me right over those metal buildings and all that asphalt. And when I turned back into that headwind, I got hit with thermals, Wind. <laughs> yep. Look here, it hit me so hard. Rachel seen this on the ground. I was on the phone with Rachel, and I remember her making some kind of noise over the phone. And look here, I got sucked up. I got sucked backwards. My feet came flying out in front of me. You know, I'm telling you, I was, I was done. <laughs> I wanted on the ground, <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, I got on the ground live and well, and immediately I called Andy up, you know, my instructor. And I asked Andy, I said, what just happened? I said, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this. He's like, what time of day was it? You know, and I remember him saying, you know, the last three hours of the day, you know, you go fly. Now, this is summertime, you know, just dark, uh, 8 o'clock, you know. Uh, I'm sure it's probably around 4.30, 5 o'clock I'm at the airport you know, and that's the hottest part of the day. And that was probably part of my problem right there, you know, but anyway, so I had a bad, very bad start. So that was, uh, from going from an engine out from my very first solo flat to coming inland to getting thrown around, scared to death like this right here. That was a bummer, you know, and, I, I sort of getting comfortable with flying. I, I, I lied to God because I told him I'd never fly again, and I attempted it again. <laughs> and, and blame it on the devil. <laughs> and, uh, how long and, did it take for you to go back up? Well, I'm a type of person. Uh, I was. My dad raised me hardcore. He, he really did. I had a brother who was bigger than me. Uh, I was older, you know, and dad raised us uh, to defend ourselves. Uh, not to be vicious, not to go out starting fights, but to defend ourselves, you know. And there's times me and my brother were fighting and stuff like that, and I wouldn't bow down. I mean, dad would type of person to go buy boxing gloves. And he, we had a big old VHS or whatever video quarter he had sitting on the shoulder, and he's sitting there videoing me and my brother boxing, you know, and he, he, he's the edges, edges it on. So he raised me a little <laughs> like that. Uh, he raised me riding dirt bikes, motocross, you know. Uh, I was a type of person that if I crashed and it happened quite often, uh, I was never one to lay on the sidelines, you know, and wimp out, cry, you know, uh, I have bruised my femurs, I have broke my ribs and things such as that has happened and turn around and get back on the bike. Cause I know the longer you stay down, the harder it's actually going to be to get back on that bike, you know? And it's the same thing with flying after that happened. I knew I didn't want a lot of time to go by or I would have probably shied away. You know, scared, would have scared myself. Uh, 
back into flying. So I, I got back into flying, I mean, probably immediately, you know. Uh, uh, anyway, I got uh, flying and got comfortable with it. And uh, I decided, hey, it's time to plan a trip. You know, summer was coming up and I wanted to make a trip to Florida. And I had an HE-120. That's what I started flying. And uh, so we went on a two-week vacation to Florida. You know, I had we rented a U-Haul. You know, I put my paramotor in it. You know, uh, my wing. You know, I was really, really looking for, uh, forward to this Florida trip, flying the beaches and stuff like that. And we stayed at Indian Rocks. Indian Rocks. And we met London Ivy. Uh, Ernest, Alberto, really some really good people uh, in that neighborhood. And I think it was Alberto. Uh, he came to fly with me uh, there at the beach at Indian Rocks. Look, my very first flight on my two-week vacation, my motor blew up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> The luck you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now I'm without a paramotor. You know, uh, I was still sort of new at this, you know. Uh, when you say blow up, what, what happened? So I, I would like to, to sort of get into the details of the paramotor, but I, I, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to reflect back to originally what happened, you know. Uh, anyway. I think the uh, the high screw it just it got too lean on me, and uh, running lean would cause the uh, it to get hot and cause it to seize, you know. And that's what happened. It just uh, it, I had to replace the cylinder head, the piston, the rings, you know, the whole top end. I had to replace. So, but we're still on vacation, and I went to fly, and so meeting. London and Alberto and Ernest and all that group of guys, they had a boat and they was going out to Shell Island, which is over there by Tampa, Florida. And so they invited, uh, yeah, I will call. <laughs> so uh, they invited us to go fly with them to Shell Island. So we got on the boat and went out to Shell Island and we spent the day with those guys out there. Look here, I had an HE 120. That thing didn't have a lot of power. I was flying a Eden 3 26 meter wing. And uh, Alberto, he uh, suggested that I fly his uh, dual start Moster 185. Uh, and he set my wing up. We, uh, remember, we're on a little island right here. To me, it was really little. And it was little. But for me, being a beginner, it was really little. And he set the wing up for me. And I even asked him, I said, Alberto, I said, you think we're far enough away from that water? <laughs> he said, yeah, you got this. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> Look here. I, I strapped on and I took off. <laughs> I was like a duck on water. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost my airspeed. <laughs> I went swimming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Turned into an airboat. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. So just out of my conscience, I knew that wasn't my paramotor. So I was trying to save the paramotor, you know. So immediately I fell for it. 
to keep the water uh, from getting into his motor. You know, and I did. The water didn't get in, in his motor, but everything was electronic. You know, on his uh, dual start. You know, for starting it, you got the electronic devices and the throttle. Well, the throttle went in the water. It got wet. Anyway, we got it out of the water, and I had to recoup. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Alberto was getting ready to fly from the beach and fly back uh, to shore. And he strapped on to it. And when he went to push that button, <laughs> it lit him up. <laughs> and uh, so he ended up putting his paramotor on the boat, you know, and uh, rode back with me in London and Ernest. And so that, that was my beginning of uh, flying, you know. Wow. Uh, that very sounds scary. So terrible fun and interesting and scary all at the same time a lot of people probably would have quit day one much less the second time or the third time wow that's crazy will fly is there any questions in the chat uh yeah you got uh a couple a quick one bill a guy named bill h wants to know if you know a guy named bill h yeah bill herman <laughs> so there's your answer bill h country country <laughs> or should i say hillbilly <laughs> and Travis DuPont said that he heard that you climbed a tree at Bad Apples to help the pilot through his reserve. Is that true? Yes, yes. We, uh, me and actually Jerry uh, went out there to recover. Uh, I don't even know the guy's name. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I, cl I climb ladders for a living. I do roofing for a living. You know, I was crazy climbing ladders and stuff. So, yeah, I went out there and extended that ladder up on the tree. And, uh, Right away, sir. What was that? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I climbed the ladder, and first thing I'd done was got the wing down, uh, and then we worked on rigging and getting the paramotor down. So we got it down. I don't think we broke anything. Uh, well, you got the uh, the paramotor down, right? But a guy yep. that uh, just, uh, just today, as a matter of fact, a, a, a guy and I, uh, Tim Entz, uh, actually climbed that tree and got the reserve all the way out of the branches at the top. And oh yeah, yeah. Just today, I sent uh, wow. I sent um, Keegan his his reserve back. Yeah, that's that's his name, Keegan. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Keegan Keegan Mold. He makes those uh, strobes, the far out strobes. Yeah, that's right. So it's on its way, Keegan. Just sent it today. Awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, I seen Kyle O'Glee a while ago. He posted on the, on there asking for me to tell the story about uh, uh, the Gush Front. <laughs> you know, so I, I actually got a couple of stories of Gush Front. I'm thinking maybe he's referring to the one uh, here at home. Uh, happened at a cemetery, as a matter of fact, about where I got laid to rest. <laughs> uh, so this particular day here, uh, well, first of all, so I was born and raised in church and stuff like that, you know, and one of the things that we do is on Monday nights is have men's prayer meeting. It seems like all the good flying days is always on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you know, and we got prayer meeting on Monday night, you know, and Tuesday, it wind sucks, it's can't fly Thursday and Friday. It's always something getting in the way of my flying. So we had a men's prayer meeting on a Monday evening. 
and the forecast looked really good, you know. So <laughs> I opted out. I didn't go to prayer meeting. <laughs> Uh oh, and you and you and you told God a long time ago that you weren't going to fly anymore. If he, uh, All right, <laughs> I, I, I kind of see so, where this uh, is going now. <laughs> yeah, so here it is. I flew for an hour and a half that day. You know, I'm talking about some of the smoothest air. I remember having my phone out. You know, the brake toggles on the magnets. You know, just hands free. Uh, I flew for an hour and a half. Really good air. You know, and. Now that I look back at, at this, I remember in the distance seeing some lightning. You know, it's a little, <laughs> a little dark over that way, but it wasn't where I was at. You know, it's smooth where I was at. You know, so I didn't pay it no mind. You know, and so it was getting late, and uh, I went back toward the LZ, which was a, a graveyard that I flew out of. It wasn't on top of the, they had a, a field that had no graves in it for potential graves. But anyway, I was given permission to fly out of that. And, uh, so I was going back in to land. Well, there's a railroad track right there, right near the, the graveyard. And I was foot dragging the railroad track, putting my foot on top of the rail, you know, had traffic passing, people stop and take pictures and, you know, and I get caught up in that and not, really paying attention to the weather, what was really going on, you know? And so the, uh, the railroad tracks are down below the trees and I can't see what's happening up above the trees. And I decided, hey, it's time to go land. And to land, I had to get up and over and hit, hit that graveyard. And when I got above the trees, I seen something coming at me that I didn't want uh, any part of, you know? And I, I seen the treetops coming at me. I, I seen the treetops just whipping you know, uh, uh, in the wind, and I was trying to get down, and so I'm treetop height, and I'm trying to go in for my approach uh, to land, and all of a sudden, that gust front that was approaching me got me, you wow. know, look here, so we are, hang, we hang underneath that wing by strings, so mm -hmm. whatever that wing does, if it you're attached to that wing, you know? And I remember that wing, the left side, it must've really hit it hard. And it, it like picked it up and just, I wouldn't say fold it, but it slung it around. And I'm attached to that. And it just, I'm telling you, it threw, you know, people have fish stories like, well, I caught this big fish, you know, and come to find out that I'm not telling one of those stories. I'm telling you what happened. You know, that gush front hit me so hard it slung me up and around, almost like a big wingover, you know? I'm familiar with wingovers. I know how to handle them. And I just wasn't in control <laughs> of this wingover. <laughs> but anyway, it threw me up and over the wing. And with me getting slung over the wing like that, I was racing to get underneath the wing. So immediately, I, I remember hammering the throttle and trying to race to get underneath the wing. And at the same time, I was pulling some brake, you know, to, uh, to slow the wing down to help keep it uh, pressurized, you know? And anyway, I did, I, I, I caught it. I swung underneath uh, the wing. Uh, I done lost a little bit of altitude at this time. And there's a six foot tall hurricane fence that separates that graveyard from a, a, a little pasture, you know? 
And I just missed that six-foot-tall hurricane fence, you know. Well, as I missed it and I was swinging back up, remember, it's still nasty air. That wind is blowing. It grabbed a hold of me again, and it swung me around. This time when it swung me around, I was a little bit lower than the first time. That fence that I just missed, this time it grabbed me and swung me around, and I was coming diving right toward that fence. And the only thing I knew to, to do was pull right. I didn't want to hit the fence head on. So I pulled right real hard, and I slung myself. And I got just enough of, of a spin to hit that fence sort of sideways. But I, I stuck that fence. I hit it hard. Uh, it broke my cage. It broke my prop. The netting on my cage tore. My wing landed on the fence, you know, and the wind was blowing really hard, and it just took my wing and started ripping it. Uh, <laughs> and immediately – uh, I started thinking, hmm, I miss prayer making. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you told him that you weren't going to fly again. <laughs> yeah. I think he spanked so, you a bit. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah. He's, he didn't kill me. He just, uh, <laughs> it's like, you're going to get punished for that one, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And it cost me, you know, and oh, it cost man. me some money, you know, and, uh, <laughs> So that was one time I got hit. And I remember uh, at Fort Smith, Arkansas, uh, I don't know exactly. I still don't know. Maybe Kyle could, might know what I'm talking about here. I don't know. I remember before we went flying, Britton Shaw, he was one over in his foot drag. And uh, he was uh, putting this event on. And we was all paying attention to the weather. And we, uh, we recall seeing something in the distance. And we didn't see it coming our direction. So we figured it'd be safe to fly. But uh, is that the Mississippi River uh, goes through Fort Smith, Arkansas? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, we got up, went, went flying, and it, it was a good area. It's nice and smooth. And I remember crossing the river and we played around. Me and Mike Holliday were we playing around on the other side. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, when it's time to. Uh, come back to land we I, I got some altitude and i crossed the river and as soon as i crossed the river uh some funny stuff started happening i, I really don't know I, exactly what happened uh i got sucked up and uh something grabbed a hold of me and my wing and i remember that uh that wing dancing all over the place it'd go to the left it's jerking to the right it's going backwards it was going far and the whole time i'm just sitting there just trying to counteract what was going on and the whole time this was going on, I was getting sucked up. And I, I don't know, I, I would say I probably got sucked up a good um, 1,500 feet or so. I don't know. It, it sucked me up. Uh, I wonder if you hit a, I wonder if you hit a, um, like a dirt devil type of thing, a dust devil. And it was well, way up that there. Crossed, that crossed my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. I was trying to do everything I could to get out of it. I was trying to spiral. That's the only thing I could come with. I was trying to spiral to get out of it, you know. You know, when I got closer to the ground and I thought I was clear, you believe that thing grabbed a hold of me again? And it done the same thing. It sucked me up again. And so. Did you have any it, any uh, um, app, like some sort of uh, metrics that um, showed you your lift? Like a, no. like a sky fly high or something? No. Oh, that would have been no. really interesting to see. Yeah, it, it done it to me again. And I remember this time when I got out of it and went down, 
I got as close as I could to the ground and I flew back to the LZ and just landed. And I remember that flight going backwards. It was trashy, you know, uh, but I don't know what that was. I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, but that was. Any video of any of this by chance? <laughs> you know, if I did, I, I'm not very computer. I never have, you go on YouTube or whatever. I ain't got much there because I hate editing, you know? And so if I had something, I probably washed it and then deleted it, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. So uh, that was that. Uh, so, yeah, I've had some interesting flights. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so Rachel hadn't said much here. Uh, so I don't know enlighten on her just a little bit you know a lot of men are jealous of me you know we go to fly <laughs> you know uh we go we go to fly in you know uh rachel she, she's always there by my side you know but i'm telling you when i go to lunch she's helping me get my wing laid out you know she's uh she's videoing you know when i land she comes running with the stuff uh sack you know, she helps me put my gear up, you know, and all these other men are sitting there watching like, man, I wish my wife done that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, well, well, Rachel, show us your shirt real quick. <laughs> uh huh. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, there's right. a lot of men out there done told me. They would take her off my hands if she ever gets, uh, if I ever get tired of her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen, is it? Uh, you two are, you two are like so cute, honestly. But uh, no, yeah. I do a lot, a lot of tandem flights, you know, and she's there on every one of them. You know, she's helping me with my passengers, putting the helmet on them, putting the, uh, the harness on them, snapping them in. She helps me lay the wing out. You know, she lets me know if I'm good on fuel or not. And that <laughs> reminds me right there of another story. <laughs> uh you could like so, Sean. You could write a book. I was <laughs> just thinking. I was just thinking. He probably needs to write a book. This is so, awesome. So I've been doing tandems about seven years or so. You know and uh a lot of people know me for doing my tandems as uh, endless foot drag you know uh uh the, the endless foot drag there in Fredonia, kansas they have a lot of mennonites there so they got the kitchen table there and it's a lot of uh there's a uh, mennonite it's a family i guess that owns the restaurant you know and i've taken every one of them probably up you know uh the whole family probably the workers too you know but anyway uh uh the, the owner of the store the dad he, he brought his daughter and one of her friends out and I flew his sons and the other parts of the family too but this particular day uh I go take one of his daughters up and he did tell me uh he was joking about it you know cut her loose you know <laughs> you know just uh anyway he's trying to I guess play around with her just put a little fear in her but anyway before we took off Rachel looked at me. She's like, you think you're good on fuel? I said, I don't know uh, how much I got. And she was like, well, you got about that much. And, and normally at these fly-ins, we take them up about 15, maybe 20 minutes, you know. And not every 
person I take up is fun to take up, you know. Uh, some people are socialized with you. They laugh. They cut up. Some people don't say nothing. They just staring around, you know, sometimes it can get a little boring, you know, so, uh, but anyway, she was pretty fun to, to fly. She, I, I cut up with her. Time got away from us. Time got away from us and we had a good flight. Well, on the way back in, I noticed nobody else was flying. The wind picked up. You know, and here it is. I'm out there doing a tandem in that strong wind. And when we going back to the uh, LZ, I told her on the intercom, I told her, I said, look, here, we're going to do a low flyby. That way your family could take some pictures. You know, nobody else was flying. So I didn't have to worry about other pilots being in the way. And so I was going to get down low. So uh, her dad and could take some good pictures of her. You know, we just got back to the LZ and we was flying right there by her daddy and we're flying low maybe four feet off the ground and all of a sudden that motor went chuck chuck <laughs> oh no and and i was going downwind <laughs> and and we was moving like i said it was it was so windy everybody else done landed and so we're going downwind doing a tandem four feet off the ground and that motor died on me because i ran out of fuel <sighs> and it was rachel's fault are we talking about a foot tandem now or a yes. trike tandem? Yes. Oh, yes. a foot? Oh. Oh. So, yeah. so I, 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 that changes I everything. That changes yeah. the way I've been yeah. thinking yeah. about this whole thing now. Okay, foot long. Yeah. I mean, if my passenger could have ran that fast, I could have saved it. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. But no, it was trucking. There was no way we were saving that, you know. So, But I, I did ask her. I, I told her real briefly i said get ready to run come out of your harness and uh, get ready to run because right. normally i will get some altitude and turn back into the wind to land i didn't have nothing to get us no altitude we didn't have a choice but to land it you know and we did we we was going really fast at the ground and i flared and i tried to put my feet on the ground to try to foot drag to slow us down just a little bit but we were still trucking and now you got to remember though these mennonites these girls, they wear long skirts, long dresses, you know, and I'm sure that didn't help matters. You know, <laughs> hard to run. <laughs> yeah. And, oh but anyway, I, I remember sliding it out, sliding it out just a little bit, and it just got away from her, and she tripped. And when she tripped, naturally, oh. we all attached together. I tripped, and, and I just landed right on top of her, you know. And, in front of her daddy, you know. And, hey, at least they got the good pictures like you wanted. <laughs> yeah, probably not the pictures they wanted, but uh, here it is. You got this strange man, you know, just laying right on top of their daughter. <laughs> and, and it ain't like I could just jump up, you know, and get off of them, you know. Because <laughs> we, we had this tandem hoop. We got this the, the spreader bar in a harness. You know, if I try to stand up, well, guess what? I got to pull her up because we're attached, you know? And it, it, I just lay there smiling at the camera. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but, I, my but, uh, but I remember uh, uh, asking her, I said, you okay? And she was laughing about it. She said, yeah, I'm okay. Then she asked me in return. She said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And she jumped up. You know, we both stood up. She gave me a high five, you know, and she was like, yeah, you know? 
And she's like, uh, at least now I can tell everybody I've been in an airplane crash. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, guys! If you're watching, if you're watching this, and you think that story is amazing, come on, give us some thumbs up for that story. That was absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. So here's what I told her. I don't like to end anything on a bad note, you know. So uh, it was too windy for the rest of the day to fly. So I said, look here, you come back tomorrow. And, you, you know, we was charging people, you know, uh, take them on these introductory panel flights, you know. And I said, look, if you come back tomorrow, we're going to take you back up and we're going to land this thing the way we're supposed to. Look here, she came back that next morning. It was too windy. She came back that next evening. To every day she came back for a tandem and it just the weather just was crappy I, that might have been when we got that record breaking rain over there yeah it, it just turned ugly you know but yeah that's a, that was some good memories <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow this this is so fun um yeah. <laughs> you know i i i i mentioned a while ago she's my uh best tandem passenger you know mm. me and rachel together we get off the ground really quick you know and uh a lot of that has to do with the passenger you don't matter if you're good or not you know if your passenger ain't good you know, they, they have a tendency you know to want to sit down on you you know and so i give them a a fair warning that they're going to have a tendency to want to sit down, you know? And, uh, I learned through doing tandems, uh, what to say, what not to say, you know, you know, originally when I first started doing tandems, I used to have a list, you know, boy, I would tell them everything to do. Then I tell them everything not to do. Look with their adrenaline going, the excitement, this being their very first time, they don't remember nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you the truth. They mostly people don't remember nothing. So I learned uh, throughout trial and error. Uh, the least I tell them, uh, the better it is, you know. And most of the time, I don't tell them uh, too much of anything until uh, it's actually time to lunch. I get them dressed. I get we put the hamlet on them. You know I. We, we set up, I got my A's in my hand, you know, I'm ready to fly and they don't know what to do. <laughs> and I learned the least you tell them, uh, the better. Uh, the only thing that I would tell them in the process of getting prepped when we're putting a harness on them, I will just give them a heads up that they will have an urge to want to sit down early. They're going to feel, and I would pick up on the harness a little bit and I would tell them that you're going to feel this, you know, and, and you're going to think it's time to sit down. You know, but I, I just asked them, do not sit down. I said, just keep running, and uh, I would tell you when to stop running. And uh, so I said, when you get that urge to, to sit down, don't. Just keep running. And so I don't tell them anything more until we get ready to lunch. Now we set up, and I will give them a target. I done learned to give them a target. I don't care if it's a tree, if it's a telephone pole, if it's something out in the field. I give them something to uh, keep their eyes on. Because if you do not give them a target to run to, they're going to run like this right here. You know, and when they start doing that, you're going to start doing that, you know. So if you give them a target to run to, it gives them a straight and narrow path, you know. 
And uh, honestly, uh, I just give them a, a target, and I would tell them on a count of three, you know, to, uh, to run, and their job is to outrun me. That's the biggest thing I tell them is try to outrun me. Because I know if I'm trying to encourage them to run, if I'm motivating and hollering at them, you know, run, 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 and they're trying to sit down or they ain't giving it all they got, I know it's going to take longer for us to get up. I'm going to have to work harder to get them up. So as long as they have a target to keep their eyes on and they run just as fast as they can to it, the quicker we're going to get up. And I've been pretty successful, you know, getting my passengers up. Uh, fairly quick, you know, even with no wind, we still get up uh, pretty quick. So I have some little techniques that I use. Uh, some people laugh at me, you know, for uh, my technique. Uh, I don't even want to say what some people call it. I see Jerry smiling. <laughs> in all honesty, he's probably one of the best foot launch tandem pilots in the country. Like, I mean, I've never seen him fail a tandem flight at all. I mean, when we're at endless foot drag, it's up, 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 different person, different person, different person. I mean, it's constant. Like, I mean, so, if I was going to, if I was going to tandem foot launch with somebody, he, Sean's like one of two people in the country I would actually go up with. So we're going to talk about this just for a little bit. We're going to get off of it because I'm not. There was a post about this, and I didn't even come in on the post. And if he's watching right now, I want to say a name. He, he's going to know who I'm referring to. You know what? I am going to say a name right here. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine, uh, and he's taught me a lot. So th there's a lot of things that, uh, that I've learned that came from him. But he will not take ownership. <laughs> of something that I do that he laughs at. <laughs> so when I do tandems, I learned a long time ago uh, doing tandems, that wing is twice as big. So it takes twice as long to get that wing up. It takes twice as long to get that wing loaded, you know? And a habit that I made before from flying smaller wings would be get the wing up, brake check, and then on the small wings, we want to stay in the brakes or whatever because they're small. They get loaded very quickly and get in the brakes, and that helps get us lift. It helps get off the ground quick, right? So I used to do that, and, man, I used to run, run, run. And what I was doing about pulling brake. Uh, I was not allowing the wing uh, to get loaded. I pulled brake, you know, and it's it wanting to stall the wing out. It was it, it was like it didn't know what to do, fly or come down. Because if you pull brake, you know, so uh, I would have to run hard enough, fast enough, long enough, you know, uh, to get it loaded, to get lift. And the longer you run, uh, the more of a chance you're going to have of your passenger falling on. You know, so I learned uh, to actually let the wing come up, stay on the A's longer. But when I get the wing up, I will brake check because I want to stop the wing from surging. But once the wing gets over my head, again, we're talking about tandem flying here. Maybe other people have different approaches on this. This is my approach. So I'm not telling anybody what to do or how to do it. But when the wing gets over my head, 
I brake check to keep it from overflying, but I come down. Now I know where the wing's at. I, I don't have to look up. I don't have to see if the wing is even. I don't have to look to see if one tip is collapsed. I don't have to feel for any of that because one of the things I do is not a hard power for it, but I do throw some prop blast in my wing when I go get uh, take off running. It helps get wind into the wing, which helps it get up a lot quicker. And I hammer the throttle, we take off running, but I will go hands up and let the wing get overhead and I start building some airspeed. Now, the part that where people laugh at me, and I want to say a name, that's Matt Neer. He, he, he calls it the chicken uh, flap or something like that. Because what I do, I, I'm, I'm feeling the wing. So I'm, if you see me doing talents, you see me doing this right here, you know, and maybe it's a bad muscle memory. I, I built it and that's, I couldn't stop it right now if I wanted to. It's just the way I trained myself. But what I'm doing, I'm going hands up because I, I know I need to let that wing fly. Because if I pull brake too early, I'm going to stall it out and we're going to have to run even further, you know? So what I'm feeling for is making sure the wing is over my head. And I wouldn't know if the wing tip is tucked or if the wing has went left or right because you will feel the brake pressure. You know, if you feel it on one side and not the other, well, your muscle memory, if you're good enough, uh, will counteract without looking at the wing. But so I learned to let the wing fly, but I'm pulling I'm feeling the, the pressure in the wing is what I'm feeling for. Right. So there's a little bit of pressure, but you're not pulling brake or anything. You're just feeling. Yeah. The but well, if wing. I get, if, 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 if yeah. I pull and hold it, I feel that I'm going to stall the wing out and not allow it to get loaded like it needs to, to get lift. So I'm, I'm, I'm running like this right here and I'm feeling for that brake pressure. When I feel the pressure that I want, when I know that I got enough pressure in it to get lift, <laughs> then I will pull and get the lift so that's what i'm doing i, I sounds know like a me. really good that sounds like a really good thing to do though i mean you know yeah i get i get laughed at about it but you know hey it's something i do it, it might be ugly you know but uh it, it works but you, you know? get up every time just like jerry said. oh yeah 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 i get up very i get up very quickly you know but that's all that's what i'm doing if you ever see me doing tandem and you know you see me laughing like a chicken that's what i'm feeling for i'm feeling brake pressure in that wing and when I feel the pressure, then I would go into it. Here, here's a good example. And I, I ain't going to call this guy out. He's a good friend of mine. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so, so he does a, a, a lot of panels. He does a lot of them on a trike uh, last weekend. Now, I, he had everything going against him. He's a grown man, you know, that, that – uh, you know, he, he's not 150 pounds. I don't know what it is. I almost said his name. Anyway, <laughs> he probably, I don't know what he weighs. Let's say he weighs 200. And the passenger he took up was over 200. You know, but, but what I'm getting at, between both of them, their weight, doing a foot launch, that's a lot of weight, you know. Uh, we had no wind this particular day. The wind, the, the streamer, we, the, off the windsock, the little streamer was – barely off the pole it wasn't very much wind and then it kept shifting because of the uh it was a little early in the afternoon so that we had thermals still yet active and the wind sock was all over the place and but when he took off running i videoed it and i went back and played it to him and he might not think i don't know if he had if this has anything to do 
with the failed launch because that's what happened. They failed the launch. It didn't crash. They didn't hit the ground or anything like that. They just didn't get off the ground. Uh, but if you go back and watch the video, when he got the wing up, he immediately went into the brakes and he went into them deep. He went all and he, he took off running the whole, his whole run. They probably ran, I don't know, probably 200 feet, you know, and the whole time his, uh, his hands are down by his butt. And that's not going to give you lift, you know, because the wing never got loaded, you know, that's the reason why I go hands up, you know, I, I'm feeling brake pressure, you know, and I honestly, myself, I, I think I, I probably with my technique, my chicken flap, I, I probably would have got off the ground, you know. Uh, but it, technique, you know, that's it's a bad technique. But you know, when, a while ago when I mentioned about the weight foot launch, I think my big, biggest passenger was nearly two hundred and sixty pounds. He told me two hundred fifty five is what he weighed. That was probably butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you ask me, uh, he's probably bigger than I don't know. But anyway, uh, he was a big man. Uh, that, that was my biggest pattern. And here it is. I'm 190. We're on the most of 185. I was on a 42-meter Orca 4. Or, I meant uh, Orca XX or it could have been a 4. Anyway, uh, it just made me think about a while ago when we talked about weight. Uh, so that's about my biggest passion. That's a big man to foot launch is what I'm getting at. 255, 260-pound man. Uh, yeah, two of them. Yeah. If you ever see that picture, I, I posted it before. You notice he's in a pair of socks. <laughs> he, he, he actually goes to my church, and he's been after me wanting me to take him up. And I didn't want to tell him no and because I would have to give him a reason why. And my reason – I'm thinking you're too big. You're too big, <laughs> you know. And uh, so, but I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I hope he ain't watching. But even if he is, uh, he, he done great. We done great. We, uh, I did take him on the tandem flight, and we had a very successful uh, launch and uh, amazing landing. Uh, I learned actually through him versus taking up somebody lightweight. I think when you're heavy loaded, you actually have more brake pressure, you come in a little bit softer than you do when you're lightly loaded on a wing, you know? So we was really loaded. We came in and we flared. And, but anyway, back to the socks. He was in a pair of socks. Uh, he asked if he could come out to the field because I made a post about going flying. And he uh, sent me a message and asked him if, uh, if I would mind him coming out to fly his drone. And uh, I said, yeah, come on out. Come out to the field, you know? And when he got to the field, we had a little breeze going, you know, and I started thinking about the time that he asked about wanting to go on a tandem flight. And so I talked myself into it. So I asked him, I said, Hey, you remember you asking me about doing a tandem flight? I said, you still interested? He's like, yeah. You know? So, uh, I told him, I said, look here, we got the perfect wind for it. You know, we're in a good location. Everything's going our way. And, uh, he was in flip flops. And I told him the only thing he's got to do is take the flip-flops off. And uh, I've done that before. And people will flip and flop wearing flip-flops. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I told him, uh, I asked him if he had tennis shoes, and he said no. Uh, I just took a shower. My socks I had on my uh, feet were clean. And he tried to go barefoot, but it's a hayfield. And it was 
it's poking his feet, just hurting his feet and stuff, you know. So I offered him my socks. So if you ever see the picture of me and this guy and he's in a pair of socks, that was my socks. That's funny. <laughs> you got a pair of socks and a pair of motor. I love it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh anyway, so uh, uh that's that. Hey, uh I don't know if y'all have any questions uh y'all want to ask or do y'all y'all want to dig into endless foot drag a little bit or yeah uh, will is there any questions in the chat that we need to chat about no i mean there, we've got a couple of statements but I, I gotta tell you i could listen to you talk all night long man your stories are just <laughs> and james james in the chat he hit he hit the nail on the head he's he wants to know if you're going to moonshiners because he feels like You've got some great campfire stories to tell, especially <laughs> after a couple of beers, he says. Yeah. So are you going to Moonshiners? I've never been to Moonshiners. I've been invited. I just uh, never went. Uh, I, I would love to attend it. There's several I would love to attend. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I guess it really depends on, uh, I don't know, the last couple of years I, when my kids have been in high school, uh, it, it's been a little tough on us uh endless foot drag for example uh <laughs> we had to make a decision that that's one of our all-time all favorite plans is endless foot drag and we had a decision we had to make uh, my grandson was being born that week and we either had to stay home for the birth of my grandson and miss out on a fly-in that i love to go to or, uh, yeah, and, and spend time with Michael. We always left a week early and spend time with Michael Holiday up there, stayed at his house, you know, and uh, just love hanging out with him. But uh, anyway, we had a decision to make, and we made a decision. And uh, <laughs> I just told, uh, I told my daughter, I said, we'll see the baby when we get back home. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's now that's some love of paramotoring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Uh, hey, what did she say? Helped, How did she react? I helped, yeah. I helped, Ma I helped Michael you know, with that event, you know, at Endless Foot Drag. So a lot of people really don't know how uh, Endless Foot Drag got started there in Kansas. Uh, I don't want to foul it up a little bit, but we all know that it, uh, it started there in Arkansas with Britton Shaw. He's the one that had it and. Uh, I, I guess if you don't know, uh, what happened there was uh, it took someone getting killed, you know, at, at a fly-in, and uh, the, the landowners, I think it was the father and son, uh, they already had mixed emotions about it. One loved it and the other one didn't, but after this guy crashing and getting killed, uh, that, that ended endless foot drag in Fort Smith, Arkansas, you know? And, and this, uh, I, I talked a little bit about this right here, what happened, uh, no disrespect to, uh, to him uh, or his family. But this particular guy got trained. Uh, I'm not gonna say where, we're just gonna talk about what, what took place. But anyway, he got trained, then he came back home. I think he was from Texas uh, area. And he went about six months or so of not flying. And then he ended up buying a, a new wing, which is a universal 1.1. 1 .1. Uh, I think uh, some of this right here was through the help of uh, actually Brian West, uh, renting, loaned him out uh, uh, a rodeo, you know, uh, some gear. So uh, this cat right here, 
flew into Fort Smith, Arkansas. Then he came to our event and he had some training, but he went about six months of not flying. And then here it is. He's got a, a new paramotor that he's not familiar with that he rented out or loaned out. And then he's got a brand new wing that he's not familiar with, which is a Universal 1.1. And I remember watching this guy. He was struggling on the ground, you know, tightening his wing. You know, he was struggling uh, to get off to the ground. You know, he, you could tell his, uh, uh, he was still a newbie and had a lot of learning to do. But once he got off the ground, he would get up and he was playing around. And Man, he was ballsy. Man, he was brave. Uh, he was doing things he shouldn't have been doing. And one of the things he was playing around with was spirals, you know. And anybody that knows that particular wing, I guess, uh, don't quote me, but if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But if you're playing around with spirals, you know, and you do pass out, that wing, uh, from understanding, will lock in to a spiral. It won't come out, you know. And that's pretty much what happened. They, he was told over and over, quit playing with spirals, quit playing with spirals, quit doing this, quit doing it. And he kept doing it, and the guy was playing around with spirals and uh, obviously passed out, and uh, that was the end of that, you know. I, I was up flying. Matter of fact, I think it was me and Britton Shaw and Kyle Lee and Michael Holiday, and uh, I don't know. It was, it was a good handful of us. We were doing a cross-country flat. And I remember getting a uh, Rachel Colony, and she told me uh, that uh, someone just got killed, and uh, she told me it had something to do with Brian West. You know, the, I knew what she was referring to, Brian West, with the uh, the guy, you know, that got the equipment from uh, Brian West. So I understood what was going on. But I, the other guys we were doing the cross-country flight with, I wanted to call them and give them a heads up, hey, we need to turn around, we need to get back, you know? So I call Kyle O'Glee, you know? And uh, so we met, we in the air flying, the wind, probably bad reception, cutting in and out. And the only thing Kyle O'Glee got out of this was Brian West and killed, you know? So he, he spent the rest of the flight back to the LZ thinking Brian West got killed. And, and it wasn't, uh, Brian, but and I think maybe he called Britton Shaw and told him, and we all rushed back. But anyway, uh, what I'm getting at, so we lost our privilege uh, uh, of flying it in the foot drag there in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And uh, Britton Shaw passed that on uh, to Michael uh, Holiday. Prior to Michael Holiday taking over in his foot drag, uh, me and Michael was trying to plan some type of event. We talked talked about doing a cross country flight from one side of Kansas to the other, and we made posts, you know, on the paramotor form, you know, uh, about trying to create some kind of event. And from understanding, I guess uh, Britton Shaw seen that or got wind of that. The regardless, however it took place, uh, Britton got a hold of Michael Holiday and asked Michael if he wanted to host endless foot drag and so that's how michael holiday uh ended up taking over endless foot drag there uh, uh fredonia kansas you know and uh and i tell you that that town of fredonia uh the shannon the one she, she's uh, shannon thomas she's over uh she works with the city with the is it chamber commercial you know uh that city over there of all places i've been to 
they really look forward to this event, uh, Endless Foot Drag. You know, they put posts out. Uh, they they let, let their community know about it. I've been to uh, all sorts of different fly-ins and never really seen uh, a community really come out and participate. There at Fredonia, Kansas, we put bleachers out, you know, and these people, you got to understand, these are a bunch of country folks. I'm talking about country. They coming out in their flannel shirts and boats and, you know, it's like they came straight out of a cornfield, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, so when they see. Probably half of them did. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, these people, uh, they're not used to seeing paramotors and seeing anything fly such as that, you know. Matter of fact, that airport that Michael uh, ran the school and stuff that he had uh, or the, the event was pretty bad over there, you know, so the city ain't used to seeing uh, much of this. And when we started this event, uh, Michael had to twist arms and you'd go to the city and explain to them what paramotors are. Anyway, so he got the city on his side. And after we had the very first event, uh, the city liked it. They loved it, you know, and the next year, they, the, the city was putting flyers out. The city was putting posts on Facebook out. The city was showing up. You know, they were showing up for panel flights. They was they would line up on the, the bleachers. You know, they they'd be sitting out in their vehicles. Uh, they had a dirt road. You see a line of vehicles down a dirt road just because they couldn't get into the LZ area. You know, and and watch. You know, the the city really took a liking uh, uh, to this event and. Uh, and then, you know, uh, ultimately we know what happened to Michael. You know, Michael, he loved endless foot drag uh, with a passion. You know, that, that was his thing. You know, he was retired. You know, he didn't work anymore. He uh, held a, a school, you know, there in uh, Fredonia. Uh, he did some uh, work with uh, uh, Powered Fly, you know, Kalmatula. You know, he, he done some... Uh, sales and worked with uh, Gravity Paramotors with Sean Witt and uh, Bill and Garrett and them. Uh, he had a lot going for him, and Michael loved to fly. You know, and uh, he ended up uh, uh, started flying uh, these little Delta wings, you know, and he, he, he wasn't getting away from paramotors. He was just, he just loved flying. He, he was just looking into something else, you know, that would uh, fulfill his excitement, man. He hadn't too long uh, got his license from flying these little these Delta trikes, you know. And uh, I remember when he got sick. I remember his very last flight. He uh, was sick when he went flying, <laughs> and uh, he didn't know it, but that was his last flight. Uh, but uh, he he really looked forward to putting this event on. And just a couple of weeks before our last event last year, he passed away on us. And uh, so last year was a very emotional, you know, fly-in. Uh, thanks to uh, Damon Turner, uh, Cameron Klein, uh, Rick Spittler, uh, Shannon with the city, you know, Martin Henderson, uh, Airballs, you know, everybody stepped up to the plate, you know. Uh, this, it was at our first rodeo. We was there helping Michael before, but after Michael passed, uh, uh, after talking to Michael's family, they wanted the event to continue, you know, and uh, so so we've done that event 
you know, uh, in memory of Michael. And we had some of Michael's family show up to the event. We had a memorial for him. Uh, uh, even Britton Shaw, you know, uh, he came, he flew over, he participated. We did a little uh, a flight all the way around Fredonia. And uh, I own Michael Holiday's uh, last foot launch paramotor. Uh, when he had cancer and he lost the ability to walk, uh, the, the community stepped up, you know, Power to Fly and Vito Rossi, Mateo and all those guys. And they built him probably the lightest, most of 185 in the United States or probably ever. You know, uh, they done everything they could uh, to make this paramotor light for Michael. So because he had a, lost his ability to walk for a while, you know, and uh, as he progressed through the cancer that he had in his spine and gained his uh, mobility back to walking, you know, he still wasn't capable of running, you know, so uh, they got him a trike. And uh, so I left Louisiana when he got that trike and uh, went, me and Rachel did, and we went all the way to Kansas. And uh, I went over there. He was nervous. He was scared. And, uh, but he was excited, you know, so I went over there. If y'all hadn't seen the video, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Cause this video right here, made it all over the news, you know, uh, uh, but I went over there and helped get Michael in the air. And let, let me tell you, when he landed, he cried like a baby, you know, he's full of excitement, you know? So, uh, uh, so here it is later on, he graduated from the trike and, uh, he got this lightweight foot lunch paramotor, which is the one I got right now. And, uh, I still fly it today, uh, but I lent Britton Shaw when we had that memorial. I lent Britton uh, fly Michael's uh, foot launch paramotor, you know, to do the memorial flight around Fredonia, Kansas. So that meant a lot to Britton uh, as well. So endless foot drag is a lot of people has questioned, you know, is endless foot drag still happening? You know, uh, we had mixed emotions about endless foot drag. You know, we found out after trying to step up to the plate, you know, between me and Damon and Cameron and everybody trying to make this event happen after uh, doing that, we learned just how much work it is involved, you know, to making a fly-in uh, happen, you know? So anybody that don't help out at a fly-in, y'all just show up, probably don't understand uh, all the work that it takes to make the, these events happen. You know, it's, it's really a lot of work. And so there's a lot of work that's honestly sometimes underappreciated, you know, uh, until you get your hands on it, then you'll really realize. So last year we had our, <laughs> our hands on, you know, and we found out real quick that uh, it was a lot of work. And for a little while there, uh, just a few months ago, we was beginning to wonder, you know, if we could carry on our day jobs you know, and still make this event happen. Damon puts a lot of work into this. You know, he has a job other than trying to put, host this event, you know. And he, he called me and he told me, look here, I just don't know if I could, I could do this, you know. And so he was trying to pass, uh, pass it on to someone, you know, because uh, he just, between him working and trying to make the event happen, there's just going to be too much on him. You know, we, we asked uh, Cameron Klein, uh, you know, Rick Spittler, you know, we talk about working men here. 
you know, and everybody had the same problem. Uh, I was asked, hey, do you want to take over in the foot drag? I'm like, look here, I'm 600 something miles away. You know, it, it'd be hard for me to host that event all the way over there and make everything happen. And uh, I don't know. So we started looking. So anyway, we have Landon March. Landon March is the guy that is taking uh, the, the head job, I guess you could say, on putting the event on. He is obviously, I, I don't know what part of Kansas. He, he, he's within, I think, an hour of Fredonia, Kansas. You know, So Landon March is going to see to it. He's going to oversee the fly in. It is still going to happen. The endless foot drag is going to take place September the, 20, the, September the 19th through the 25th. Hey, I've got a question for you, Sean. I've never been to Endless Foot Drag, but I have been to Bad Apples, and you've been to both. How would you compare the two? Uh, okay. You're going to make me open up another can of worms right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so, I mean, it's something that's on my bucket list, and I do yes. want to go to Endless Foot so, Drag. So, so, here, so, so here, here's where we at with this right here. I'm going to try to get into this without getting into another subject. Well, hopefully I don't detour. Endless uh, foot drag, uh, we would, it's different when you drive up from the registration point, you know, to uh, the people that is there parking you, uh, you know, hosting you to, uh, we actually have a, a schedule, you know, where we have uh, briefings every day, you know, at certain times, you know, and we we, we call it mandatory meetings, briefings, you know, and because what here's what happened. A lot of times we'll learn from the day's event, something might take place one day and uh, having a briefing, you know, being mandatory, everybody is going to show up to the hangar where we have these briefings. And so if there was something needed to be addressed, something that needed to be discussed, you know, guess what? Everybody's there, you know? Uh, you know, if, if somebody was doing something they shouldn't be, you know, uh, flying somewhere they shouldn't be flying or, or whatever, you know, it was there. You know, uh, we would talk about the weather, you know, uh, uh, we would talk about the next day, the event, what's happening, what's what's occurring. You know, uh, endless foot drag. Uh, I would definitely say, was, Jerry, you've been to both. You know, uh, so we was probably more uh, informative there. Endless foot drag, a little bit more uh, getting together. You know, we uh, we had we would have classes uh, throughout uh, the day when nobody was flying. You know, we might have uh, Chris Santa Crochet there. You know, he is someone that uh, when he speaks, everyone listens. You know, that don't happen with everyone. Uh, uh, we had Kyle Oakley, you know, uh, he would have a, a class, you know. And they've done a little bit of that at uh, Bad Apples too, but uh, so I'm, I'm not knocking anything. I'm just trying to compare uh, uh, the, the two. Because both of them is a blast, you know. Uh, we... Uh, they was, they was a, a lot alike, but uh, somewhat a lot different, you know. Uh, 
I don't know. I enjoy going to both of them. Uh, I mean, would you consider the excitement level about the same between the two or? I would say, I would say at one given time, I have seen definitely more pilots in the air uh, at Fredonia, Kansas at Endless Foot Drag. You got to understand though, first of all, Endless Foot Drag there, uh, Fredonia, Kansas is nothing but pasture. It ain't trees. It, it, it's pasture after pasture. You know, you ain't got road or except for houses, buildings or something like that. You know, we have a very big LZ. You know, uh, once you get up, you know, you, you get out and about, fly high, low, it don't matter. You know, where there in uh, Alabama, they got a really nice LZ. I'm talking about perfect, you, the way they got it mowed. And, uh, but uh, there are a lot. Lemonade Yeah, Amanda, you make sure you fix that lemonade for Jerry. <laughs> right now. But so they're they're uh, they're uh, bad apples. There's a lot more trees, you know. There's not. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of pastures for landing, having waves out and stuff like that. Uh, it's just a different scenery, you know. Uh, but I, I I would say at one given time, I've seen a lot more pilots in the air at endless foot drag. But let me tell you something. People just love to hang out. I remember staying at two o'clock in the morning out in that field. We was out there trying to ride bicycles at. Uh, that big old one wheel bicycle had a wheel on about four foot diameter. <laughs> Any of y'all ride that? <laughs> you know, I was brave enough. <laughs> I got on it, but I couldn't reach the pedals. So I was pushed out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's excitement. Uh, you know, the people at the events is uh, what brings the excitement. You know, you can participate, you know, uh, uh, in it. You know, and socialize and walk and introduce yourself. And just look here, these are some of the best group of people. These fly ins, I hadn't really found myself, uh, you know, like an outsider. You know, I've been riding motocross all my life, you know, and that's the same way in that sport, you know, and very good people. If you could afford a paramotor, you could afford a wing, if you could afford a dirt bike, you're probably not going to have a reason to go around stealing. You know, and people would leave their stuff out, you know. Uh, you know, I've never really heard of too much stealing, you know, or anything like that taking place. You know, uh, people socialize. And, uh, I don't know. So they both are very, in their own way, uh, great events. Uh, I would suggest uh, anybody to go to both of them. Yeah, they're my two favorite ones to go to every year, especially since they stopped Palm Bay. I did, to me, the biggest difference of endless foot drag versus bad apples, you can fly higher winds at, at endless foot drag. I was watching Sean do tandems going up and then just going backwards and then like go up and then fly backwards and then come down. And it's like swooping. It's it's almost like beach flying in a sense in Kansas. Like you can, we were flying what Sean, 10 mile per hour winds. Look here, look here, you call it whatever you want, but me and Matt was the only two people up flying. And this right here is about one o'clock in the middle of the day. And the wind was blowing pretty good. We was up, you know, up to 600 feet. The wind was trashy, but above 600 feet, it was just as smooth as it could be. Now, I said it's trashy. It, it was just more bumpy. It was not where it was not flyable. It was definitely flyable, but it was out there flying it. 
But above 600 feet, man, it was like glass. It was just as smooth as it could be. But, you know, I got a, a Phoenix 5 a watch and also an app and stuff on my phone. We up there doing tandems and uh, flying 10 miles an hour backwards. <laughs> so we up there doing tandems and we up there doing wingovers and stuff, you know, flying backwards. Look here, airspeed is – we're just a bubble in the sky. That's all we are, you know. And, and the wind was very smooth. And uh, we out there midday, me and Matt doing tandem, flying backwards 10 miles an hour, you know, and getting the kick out of having a blast. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think you could fly in higher winds, uh, I guess you would say, there in Kansas just because of the – It's more laminar. Yeah. Behind. Uh... Can you hear me? Sorry. Um, they have the farmers around there at Endless who are really like nice and get into involved in the sport. They had one farmer who came up to us and he was like, I set up an obstacle course for y'all on my farm behind the uh runway for y'all and I was like really he's like yeah get them to fly and fly over they could do the obstacle course I was like okay and then they had another farmer come over and he's like I'm having this big event at my home and I have a big field I don't cut the grass for everybody to fly over there and land he said if they don't have the fuel to go back he said I have a big old huge trailer I can bring them back to the LZ you know he's wow. like it was it was really nice and he had a live band and everything at his form and he wanted everybody to go to it. So you got to understand, we when she said country folks, I, I, we talk about country. We we talk about <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> they 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 was not playing uh, George Strait. <laughs> they was on fiddles and banjos. <laughs> All right, I love the fiddles and banjos. <laughs> it was him, his wife, and his kids was all playing instruments as well. So what they had set up there, they had like a 40-foot gooseneck trailer that their family and other people would, uh, that played instruments would be on that on that trailer. And they was having uh, dinners on the ground, you know, and playing music. And uh, he made a stop by Endless Foot Drag there at the airport, and he invited every one of us uh, that was uh, willing uh, to stop by, fly in. And participate and eat dinner and uh, listen to the music. You know, cool. that that means a lot when you have a community, you know, that, that steps up, you know, and uh, and loves doing what we do. You know, he made up flyers for for me to hand out at the table to everybody who came in. So it was really nice. I mean, the people over there just are very welcoming. It's very nice. I like I like Fredonia. Yeah, the community is huge over there and gets very involved. I mean, all those men and I said, I mean, they got bleachers out there for God's sake. They come out there and watch everybody fly or Sean and people are doing like tandem. So it's really neat. I will say don't speed there. Definitely don't speed. <laughs> Did you, you ever pay that <laughs> ticket yet? Made speeding <laughs> ticket. So uh, let's get on this right here just a little bit. Uh, uh, so at Endless Foot Drag, when Britt and Shaw used to have the event, it used to be called Endless Foot Drag Competition. I don't know if any of you guys recall it, but uh, we would actually have a foot drag 
competition, you know, and, and it wasn't just a foot drag competition. We had a bing bag, uh, like drop, we had a target and we would have to go up and see who could, uh, drop it on the target. You know, uh, that was a, a competition course thing that we had. Uh, we would have spot landings, you know, uh, where you go up a minimum 300 feet and you got to kill the motor and uh, they would have a, a, a target, you know, on the ground and they would actually measure from the target to where you land it. And uh, so uh, they had competitions and, and uh, people won trophies and uh, uh, yeah, we just had uh, uh, different kind of competitions. And I was talking to Landon March, the one that's uh, running in the foot drag this year. I was talking to him earlier today. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself on this right here. Uh, I hadn't talked to Bayman, Cameron, any of those guys, but I suggest it. And uh, Landon uh, liked the idea. We just hadn't put it together yet. So since we used to have uh, competition, you know, at uh, Endless Foot Drag, uh, and we've been debating on uh, bringing that back, you know. Uh, so that would be something uh so sort of perk up uh, some ears you know uh, try to shine some light toward endless foot drag we don't want it to be just a uh, foot drag competition we're going to have other competition as well hopefully uh but we're just trying to get people involved and get people's attention you know uh, to these events a lot of times we host uh these fly-ins and whatever happens happens everybody just shows up you fly we just Day in, day out, there's nothing uh, a lot of times ever planned, you know. But we are trying to organize, organize, organize each day, you know, on uh, different things to do, you know, between classes throughout the day or events, you know. So anyway, that's something y'all can keep y'all's uh, <laughs> ears out, your eyes open, you know, uh, for the near future, you know, hopefully. Uh, we would start sharing a little bit more information on the endless foot drag, you know, and try to make it uh, fun for everyone, safe for everyone. We're not talking about a competition that's, uh, that's putting people in danger, you know. But, uh, Who's all coming? Sean, you coming? Will? I, I'm i considering it. So that's as yeah, far as I can take it. Me, me too. Me too. I'm yeah, considering if you it. got to pick two fly-ins, just saying, if you got to pick, like, uh, say, three or two fly-ins of the year, Bad Apples, Endless Foot Drags, those are the two you don't want to miss. The only ones I would throw out there if they ever started it again would be Beach Blast or uh, Palm Bay if DeFore was ever able to put that on again, but I doubt that ever happened. The compound's gone pretty much. But, yeah, those two, Endless Foot Drag, those are the two I 100% commit to every year. Beach Blast was fun. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to attend uh, that, unfortunately. I, I wish I would have. Blast. Yeah. Well, Beach Blast was fun. I, I tell you this, and we're gonna. Uh, and I, I, I did shy away a little bit when we talk about bad apples and endless foot drag, so I did keep from going into left field. Uh, Beach Blast, you had to have a rating to attend Beach Blast, and I'm glad they had that. And the reason why I say that, if you was a beginner, you had no business flying beach wind and trying to take off and land 
in a small LZ like we had at Beach Blast, as we know, a lot of the times the wind is coming off of the water, you know? So that means to land, we land into the wind. That means you're going to have to go downwind, you know, going towards the condos pretty much for your approach and then turn back into the wind to land on the beach. So was it challenging uh, for some people? Absolutely. You know, was it for a beginner? You know, nope. You know, and for one, uh, you know, one of the rules are we do not supposed to fly, you know, over a populated area, over a congested area. And that beach in the summertime is uh, it's filled with people, you know, so it ain't like you can just fly above everybody along the beach, you know, and then just make a, a easy landing. It, it wasn't that, that easy. So uh, Beach Blast was, was, was really fun, but uh, you had to have some ratings, uh, you know, have enough skill level uh, to, to land there, you know. Uh, I'm going to talk about this right here just a little bit. Uh, I am part of the USPPA organization. Uh, reasons uh, being, I, I love the organization. Uh, I wish the organization would step up to the plate a little bit more. Now, I know uh, Rashetta, uh, I guess that's how you say his name, has uh, stepped up, you know, took over uh, Jeff Gowen's uh, position. I don't know what kind of changes are in, uh, in the making other than what has happened so far, you know, and got a new website and but look here, I've been flying for 10 years. And uh, before, if you went to a fly-in, any fly-in that I attended, uh, you had to have a rating. You know, uh, you could not just be a beginner, sip-off person or whatever, show up to these fly-ins. Uh, I know some friends that did not have their ratings that, I mean, these guys were good. They could do barrel rolls. They could do this and that and all that other. But because they did not have their ratings, uh, like they're with Britain Charlotte, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. We had to have ratings to attend that. If you did not have your ratings, you was not invited. You know, uh, same thing with Beach Blast. You know, you had to have your ratings. When you say ratings, are you talking about like um, at least a PPG yeah. one or a minimum PPG two? Yeah, yeah, two or two or three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, you had, you had to have uh, some ratings. If you notice now, when you go to fly ins, I don't know of any fly in that promotes uh, ratings. I don't know of any fly-ins uh, that, re that require that. And there's a lot of schools still offer, you know, these, these ratings, you know, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, now, this is just me talking, so take it for what it's worth. But uh, for a while, I, I could have cared less about these organizations. You, you, you know, to me, I thought it was just a money thing. You know, you pay your way in, get your little rating, you know, and do what you want, you know. But uh, do I see a benefit in having these ratings? Absolutely. But I, tell, I, I will say this here. Of all the fly-ins I attended, I have never seen the, any organization. I don't care if it's USPPA or ASC. i never seen them have a tent set up. I never seen anybody out there promoting the organizations. You know, honestly, I, 
I wish uh, that if we're going to uh, push for these ratings and, and get people involved, you know, uh, I think every fly-in there is. You know, that uh, they ought to have a, a tent set up. They ought to be promoting, just like they got dealers and distributors, you know, uh, you got different uh, schools and stuff. They out there, you know, uh, got their tents and set up, you know, promoting uh, their school. I, this is just me, but I, I wish I would like to see uh, USPPA get more that sounds, involved. That sounds really good. Um, I wonder for the people in chat, what do you guys think about this? Do you think that all the fly-ins uh, should require us to have at least a PPG two, or what do you guys think? Let me know in some comments. Thank you very much. Now we're going to make some people mad by saying that. Uh, like well, I said, I got I got mixed emotions about this. Okay, I, I truly do. You know, uh, I'm content with the way it is right now, but what I'm not content about is the organization. You know, putting more of an effort. You know, and showing up to these events. You know, uh, and uh, this letting the light shine. You know, uh, to try to benefit uh, the community. You know, try to help their organ organization grow. It's, it, it'll grow. You know, if if they if they are at the events and they are promoting their event. I mean, this event. You know, and uh, I think it'll help the organization uh, do a lot better for themselves. You know, that, that, that's just me talking right here. You know. Uh, I don't like rules. I don't like speed limit signs, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so I got mixed emotions about it, but with me doing tandems and stuff, honestly, part of me care less about instructing, you know, having a school because I'm a contractor. I work for myself. You know, do I have time to do a, have a school? Probably not. I don't know if I want the headache with it, but I, I done everything I had to do just so I could have my ratings, you know, for uh, doing tandems. Uh, that's the reason why I went through the organizations and got what I got, you know. <laughs> so we only, uh, had, we only had two people that said, or maybe three people that said anything in the chat, said uh, Hot Butter Production said, uh, me starting, uh, it was my understanding I needed a PPG2 or vouched by an instructor. <laughs> And uh, Bill H said, most of the guys I fly with have a rating of PPG2 documented. Fair Ninja said, I respect it, but I don't have any paperwork, so I probably wouldn't be able to go. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of people like that. It's a lot of people who got ratings. You know, I know a lot of schools that are giving the ratings out, but what are the ratings uh, doing uh, for them? What, what benefit do you have, you know, uh, of having it, you know, it, it could go back to uh, a contractor that does carpenter work. You know, you got your licensed contractor, you know, uh, to, to the people that don't have it, but the ones that don't have it are just as good in some sense as the one. I mean, there's yeah, pros and cons. No, I mean, one benefit though would be that, you know, to get the rating, you had to do certain steps. You had a syllabus to follow and you know yeah. that certain things were covered. And so, yeah. If nothing else, I mean, you, you pretty much know what you're getting as far as the training, you know, and that's a standard, yeah. supposedly standard across the board there. Uh, but yeah, I kind of got feelings about that too. 
Well, I mean, and just like Sean said, too, you know, if we go to a fly in, maybe they should have the USPPA out there, you know, so it's like you do want to go there. Maybe they can help you get your rating there, you know, so you can fly, you know, I mean, having the USPP over there or, or at the fly ins does sound like a pretty good idea just so we can, you know, say hi to them for one thing. And number two, it's like, you're right. What does the one, two and three do for us unless you want to get your instructor in your tandem? Mm hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, I totally agree about the presence thing, um, the actual booth setup. So keep in mind, you got a lot of administrators for the USPPA, a lot of them. We, there, when we were at Bad Apples, I, I there's probably five to six of them there. So by that, I mean, most of these guys are going to these fly-ins. This should be a, as a as administrator, just throwing it out there that they, you know, it's like they – it's like a charity almost where they all, okay, with three are going to bad apples. Uh, Y'all set up a booth and, you know, have a USP, a PPA, answer any questions, you know, talk at the event, you know, make sure y'all talk at the event. You know how we had seminars at bad apples, let some of those instructors representing the, the USPPA speak or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the, the ratings go and, and whatnot, I know there's, there's a lot of pilots out there that don't even have ratings and, they're phenomenal pilots phenomenal you know there's a lot in georgia where i fly a lot of these guys in georgia don't have ratings they they could care less because it's it's the way they look at it is you know what is it doing for me but where it can help them is when they go overseas like for example i just did a you uh i just did a ppg one and two for uh, a buddy of mine which is a veteran pilot. He's probably been flying a paraglider for over 15 years or more. He's a free flight pilot for he's a paramotor pilot, but he was going back to where he's from uh, in another continent. And that, that USPPA rating is validated over there. So he needed that to be able to fly over there. So, I mean, there is, there is good things about it that, you know, can definitely help, but like, yeah, I totally agree with the whole presence thing. Uh, that's something that, you know, I think they should really work very hard to do it via every fly-in. I like your idea. I mean, to become an administrator, you it would, you know, it, the term, the word administrator, basically, it's like a representative, you know, or representing the USPPA, make it like, okay, a requirement that you represent the USPPA at a fly-in at least once a year or, or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, we know a lot of them. I know between all of us, you may not know their administrators, but I mean, they are like Mixer, Eric Before, Chad Bastian. I mean, Noah. I mean, Sean, who's all there? A couple guys out at Texas is uh, what is it? Austin PPG that comes there? Is it Brian West? Yeah, I don't know who's administrators. I don't know. I don't... There, there's some guy. Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fabrizio. Fabrizio's administrator, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many that we don't, even, you know, you don't even realize that they're administrators and they are. But, yeah, I think that's something we should bring to their attention that, you know, let's let's start having a presence, you know, and actually represent the, the organization. Because I know like at Bad Apples, for example, there was a lot of brand new pilots there that did not fly did not sign up, didn't put a wristband on because they were too scared to fly with all the people there, which I get it. 
but you know they, that's one that you know they could have talked and you know went to you know spend some time you know with the USPPA and whatnot and just learned something or something you know got any anything sold PPG Bibles or something there you know talked about that you know but yeah. Yep, yeah. so we leaving uh, in the morning. We'll be heading, uh, we've been loading all day, heading over to Plain Crazy. And uh, that's going to last till Sunday. And then uh, from there in a couple of weeks, uh, Jerry, where are we going in uh, July? Oh, yeah, we're going to the beach for a week. We got it. Yeah, we rented uh, a July 10th and the 17th. Yeah. Anybody's welcome to come. Y'all want to come down there and fly with us? Say that one more time. Where and what time? We're going to <laughs> Pensacola, uh-huh. July hey. 10th through the 17th. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be a blast. Look, we just got ran out of there, and we ain't even made it there yet. No, it'll be – it's going to be a good time. There's, a, there's some Florida guys uh, that's coming from, like um, – I guess you could say Orlando, Tampa area. This meeting is there. There's a couple Georgia people coming and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if Sean and Rachel's invited anybody from Louisiana, but yeah, Andrew Fuller might show up. He's he's talking about coming, taking a break from SIV to come uh, come fly with us that week. So yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Anybody's welcome to come. If you if you're gonna book a hotel or something, you better book now. Because <laughs> it's booking and it's expensive. Ain't that right, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, so uh we can't bring no crawfish because crawfish season's gonna be out. Yeah. Well actually this weekend will probably be our last weekend of eating crawfish of this season. Well, you know something that doesn't go out of season? Huh? Food and <laughs> that's right. That's year round. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, somebody asked earlier about our uh, recipe on crawfish. <laughs> well, I guess you need to tell us since we're on the air now, right? So, first, first of all, let me ask you guys, have any of you uh, that's on the panel ate crawfish? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. He said no. Will said no. Jim, yes. you ate it? Yeah, definitely. Have y'all bought it yourself or y'all went to a Chinese restaurant and ate it? Oh, no, that's, that's, that's not, that's not even, uh, I lived in Houston for a year, and, oh, man, we had a lot of it. Yeah, we, we have uh, family get-togethers and stuff. Matter of fact, we just had one this past weekend, you know, had a big crawfish boil. I think we had seven sacks of crawfish we boiled. That's a lot of crawfish. I, look I've at, never we put, had crawfish. What, so, like, what does it, it taste like? It's, it's a mud, we call it our Louisiana mud bug. Because they come out of the mud, they come they out of the ground. That. I don't think they have that in Michigan. Huh? Yeah, they do. They're like, Lagostinos. So, so when good. you go, y'all don't, you don't have little dirt mounds when you go oh. cut your grass? All over the place. All over yeah. the place. I'm going to teach my dog to dig them up. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when we have crawfish bowl, though, uh, we put potatoes and uh, onions and sausage. You know, we put uh, carrots, celery, you know. Uh, it ain't just crawfish, you know. Uh, but, 
Yeah, garlic, mushroom, you know, uh, and then you got the uh, Louisiana crawfish seasoning, you know, uh, you got to dope it up with. I but uh, lemons, oranges. Yeah, we put oranges in it, lemons in it, just let it all soak up that seasoning, you know. Mm. Crawfish, you don't, you get that water to a boil, and uh, once you get it to a boil, you know, you put the crawfish in there, you're going to let it boil for about six or seven minutes. You know, and then you're going to kill the fire. And then after that, you're going to let it sit in that pot and just let it soak up all that seasoning for about 15, 20 minutes. So all that sausage and mushrooms and stuff like that, it is soaking up all that seasoning. You know, and the more seasoning you put in it, the spicier it gets, you know, but you talking about good. Yeah. So good. crawfish, crawfish ate to pay. All the crawfish that don't get eaten, we'd pull the tails off of it and you could bag them, freeze them. Oh, you really? Know, or, yeah, and so if you ever hear a crawfish ate to pay, you know, we use those tails right there to make a crawfish ate to pay. So it's not going to waste. Right. You know? Oh, good. Will's going to do a thumbnail. Let's all be all right. ready. Y'all ready? Grandpa, are you thumbnail ready? Thumbnail shot. Okay. <laughs> wow. One, two, three. Got it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Will. You're the best. You Thank you, sir. It. Appreciate it. <laughs> Do you believe that we've been yapping for an hour and 45 minutes? Do you love um, it or what? Believe it's been quiet. Great What's show. That? I said and it's been quiet. It's like you're just listening to me jabber. Oh, it's it's well, awesome. I mean, your stories uh, are just so funny. <laughs> yeah. I had to put At my, my uh, I had to put me on mute because I was laughing out loud. I was just serious LOL and over here. I loved it. I loved it. And I, and I even forgot to ask you, how long do we have you for? And uh, here you are talking for almost two hours. I'm like, well, I guess we have you for at least two hours. But I know that yeah. you've got to go to your, uh, your fly-in tomorrow. So um, do you want to wrap everything up in the next 15 minutes or so? Or do you want to just keep on talking for hours upon hours? I don't care. If somebody's got questions, they can ask, you know. Uh, you know. John. Somebody, somebody asked me, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed flying, so uh, – I'm in the process, and hopefully everything works out. I ain't gonna get, uh, count my chickens until the until they hatch, kind of thing, you know. But I've been uh, in the process of trying to buy me a, a Zena, you know, a Zena 650. It's an airplane two seater. So uh, that's Wait, in the that an experimental. Yep, it's experimental. So you you heard of an RV like an RV nine, RV six? Uh -huh. You know, they look very very uh, similar to one another. Well, it looks like the, the yellow plane that Matt Hodges had. Did you see the yellow plane yeah, inside? Yeah. That was an RV6. Yeah, okay. I got you. Yeah, that's so, it. I'm in a process of uh, trying to buy one, but I tell you right now, going through this, it's not like buying a car. Great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think I, I made some notes. And I think I've pretty much hit. Oh, I tell you one thing I hadn't hit on a little bit. Uh, we might end it right here. I don't know, but uh, like I said, we're not going to say any names. But at these fly-in, you know, sometimes uh, we all got rules and guidelines, you know, and not everybody follows rules, you know. Uh, and so we just came back from back from a fly-in, and 
there was some, yeah, some miscommunication uh, going on. I had a little incident or whatever. Just and I'm tr- I'm just trying to think because I'm on both sides of the fence here. You know, uh, they had somebody got ran out. You know, and uh, I wish. We talked about this at Endless Foot Drag because the same freaking person causes the same dang problem that Endless Foot Drag. And I, he might be watching me. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. He's hard-headed, ambitious, you know, wide open. He's good. He's, he's a really good pilot. Uh, you know, most of the time we don't do uh, much flying midday. You know, everybody, that's when everybody's out and about, shooting the breeze, you know, just chatting, going out for dinner or whatever. Well, you got some pilots are good. They love flying midday. It don't bother them to fly midday. And some of these pilots are good. They have uh, uh, fun to watch, you know. And sometimes these pilots like to show off their skills, you know, especially when people start pulling out the phones and, and he sees that people are interacting, you know, they enjoy uh, what they're seeing. So that promotes them to uh, show off their skills a little more, you know. Uh, I wish these events, instead of just drawing a line saying, don't fly over to LZ, don't foot drag this, don't do this, don't do that. For these kind of guys, you know, that has some talent, you know, uh, we, like I said, the endless foot drag last year, we, we talked about this, you know, given them a, a time period, you know, uh, to where they could foot drag. Like last year, this man, I want to say his name so freaking bad, but he was foot, he, he was foot dragging, and that's what we do. We, we're in the foot drag. We foot drag, you know, but what we don't do is foot drag around the LZ because it could cause problems with people's lunch and people's landing. Well, this individual, nobody else is flying. And, and, and he don't have a, a problem doing what he's doing because he's not hurting nobody because nobody else is flying. So he's breaking the rule by foot dragging the LZ or f- foot dragging places. And, and, and that's, he just broke a rule, you know, and some people get being out of shape over that, you know. I wish uh, these events would uh, open up a time period and allow somebody such as him because this, I mean, he was, he was doing figure eight foot dragging, his feet never coming off the ground. And in the process of doing a figure eight, turn around and he'd do a wing tilt drag. You know, I'm just, just crazy skills, you know, and he likes the attention, you know, instead of getting mad and kicking these guys out, if we were to give them a window, you know, an opportunity, you know, when nobody else is flying, you know, uh, let them let their light sound. Let's let them cut loose, you know, uh, and uh, do it in a safe uh, environment. That way everybody's happy. You know, he's happy. He's getting to show it off. You know, everybody else is happy because they get to watch, you know, and it's not making anybody mad because he's breaking the rules because we just broke the rules by, or should I say, we just added on to the rules by giving him a, them a time period, you know, uh, uh, so does anybody follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think that's I think that's an amazing thing to do. I think 
I mean, me personally, I think that's great. You know, um, you know, if it's midday or I mean, usually this person flies midday because really good skilled and stuff like that. So if you are flying midday between 11 and two or whatever the time period is that nobody is flying. Yeah, have fun. I think that'd be perfect. You know, that's when the more experienced pilots should go up anyways. Yeah, I just uh, I just hate it when I see somebody that has talent like that, you know, and then they railroad on. Look, I, I know this guy. He, like I said, he, when he smiled, when you you'd be chewing him out, and he'd sit there and just smile at you, <laughs> and you're thinking the whole time that he's being sarcastic. You know that, you know he's just laughing you off. And if you know this person, <laughs> it, it's funny to watch him because he really don't get mad. It's just a lot of people take him the wrong way, and. Uh, and it makes you that much more mad if you're chewing them out when he's sitting there just smiling at you. <laughs> you I'll give a free so. shirt to anybody that can guess the, the pilot. <laughs> That's too easy, man. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I was there, so. Jerry, if you if you want to do that um, and uh, not say anything and just uh, uh, give away a free shirt, uh, we can just use the chat that way. Everybody that listens to the audio doesn't know what we're, you know, what's going on, and yeah, it's just private yeah, the to, to, through the super chat if you Look, want. To. This is the same person that uh, I was invited to go to a beach to a fly-in, is a weekend fly-in, and when I got invited to go, this person was uh, was with me. And since I was asked to go, I, I asked them, do you mind if this person goes with me? And he made a point to make sure to it that this person that comes with me does not get up and start doing bear rows at the beach and start showing off and doing sats, you know. And, and so we, we had a, a mutual agreement between the, the, the three of us that that was not going to happen. And Look, let me tell you something. <laughs> as soon as we get to the beach and he unloads, <laughs> he is cutting it loose. And <laughs> this person that asked me, <laughs> that asked this guy <laughs> not to do this, <laughs> he went straight up to him, just mad. And he, 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 he told him, I'm get, this is your warning. You do that one more time, I'm going to ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter where this cat goes. He went to uh, Beach Blast uh, with me. <laughs> You're not supposed to foot drag the LZ. <laughs> and the mayor was out there. <laughs> and he foot dragged the LZ. <laughs> and John Black, he's the one over uh, Beach Blast. Sure enough, he called this guy up. He kicked him out, you know, said he got to go. And so me and this guy, we went down the road to another LZ, you know, for about a day and a half. Uh, the wind sort of getting – was trashy. The guy there that was doing the tandems uh, was really backed up, couldn't do the tandems and stuff like that there at Beach Blast. They got in a bind, and they needed somebody that was good at doing tandems. So this person just got kicked out. A day the next day got called back. 
<laughs> and hey, you know, hey, you mind helping us out doing some uh, tandems over here? You know, look here. As soon as we got there, walked on the beach. I seen John Black walk right up to this individual and put his arms around him. I took a picture of that. I had to. I still got the picture. <laughs> it don't matter where we go. <laughs> this person will. <laughs> He would break the rules. <laughs> but so I just figured if these events, you know, uh, if we can open up a window, because that's what they want to do. They want to show it off. They want, you know, they let's let the cat out of the bag. You know, let's let them. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But until that point, I, I, I kind of feel that the rules apply to everyone. And then once they've changed, you know, then have at it, you know. So but that's what I'm talking about. Well, let's make some modifications to the rules. The rules don't change, you know, let's not float. But when we have a time period such as this right here, when nobody else is flying, because most of the time, the reason why the reason why we had these rules, especially around the LZ and stuff, because we got people trying to launch and land, you know, we got beginner pilots there. We don't, it's all about safety. You know, we don't want nobody out there getting hurt or feeling uncomfortable you know, and they'll be put under pressure. So, but midday, well, these cats ain't flying anyway, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so during this time, when they're not flying, let's open up, let's bend the rules just for the, this time period. Let's say, let's give them a, a one hour window, you know, to go out there and cut loose, mm -hmm. you know, because nobody else flying. They're not hurting anyone, you know, they're I'm, I'm making a suggestion here. I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence here because I help out. I help out at endless foot drag. Let me ask you a question, Sean. So, if, if let's say they had that one-hour window made available, would this person stay within that one-hour window and not? Well, if you have a good air boss, like uh, we do at endless uh, foot drag, we got guys out there with best. You know, and uh, and uh, and I'm telling you right now, anybody knows Martin Henderson, he does his job. He, he's a really cool cat. You know, he get along with anybody. But if you break a rule, Martin's going to chase you down. You know, so when you got somebody like Martin involved, he takes his job being air boss very seriously. You know, when you uh, uh, Martin will uh, conduct and make sure everything is to schedule. Uh, that's just the way he works. We got rules, let's not break them. But at the same time, let's give them an opportunity, you know, uh, whatever that time period is, you know, uh, to cut loose. You know, let's cut them some slack. It, it sort of sucks, I guess. Like for this guy, he, he I know he, he asked for it. He went out there and done things he shouldn't have. But he, he just made a 600-something-mile trip, 12-hour drive, and then he wasn't even there just a couple of hours and got kicked out, <laughs> mm. you know? So I'm just saying I'm on both sides of the fence here. Cause I do help run endless foot drag. And I also are friends with people such as this guy right here that's, that's hard headed, you know? So if we can open up a window for them to uh, do their thing, that way everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. I think it's a great idea. And the reason being as well is because it shows the people who are going that it's only during a certain time. It is acceptable. You can do it during that time, but we don't want you to do it any other time. And it protects everybody else. 
I, mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful idea. And it, it reiterates that it's not appropriate at certain times. That's right. That's right. And again, if you break the rules outside of that, when you give them a window, well, look here. If you break the rules, you know the consequences, you know? So oh, abide by them. There's nothing wrong with it. My only concern is that if the rules were changed and then they weren't followed, you know? <laughs> so, but I think it's a good idea, you know? No again, that's where you, that, again, you got to have some good air balls. You know, you would have a certain time period, you know, you get your gear together, you know, and when I flag you and give you permission to go, you go, you know? And, yeah. And get, yeah. And th- that's a really good idea too. And also too, you could actually have a sheet of paper with, you know, the times of things that are going on, you know, uh, during that day, you know, this period, this time, this time, this time. And if you want to foot drag, if you want to do acro, it's between this time and this time only, and you need a, a special wristband That's right. showing you that. Might- showing that you have the skills. Maybe the, maybe that's yeah. when they say, hey, you need the ratings to be able to fly to do this particular thing. Yeah, I, I know uh, like Endless Foot Drag, we always have events at certain times and stuff like that. But this right here will be one of, the, one of those events. And the only way that you're going to be able to participate in the event, you know, uh, is you need to let the air boss know. You need to, uh, we're going to put you on schedule. You know, we're going to put your name there. If your name is not logged in the, the book for the show in between one and two or whatever the time frame is, you know, then you can't participate. We want to know who it is and we want them to understand we got a certain time period. You know, it might be between one and two, but look here, we're going to give this person 15 minutes and we're going to give this person 15 minutes or whatever the rules might be, you know, but uh, again, set rules, you know, keep it safe. You know what, you know what, really what you're talking about there, looking at it from a different angle, it's not so much something for, the pilots, although although they'll benefit, it could be like what you're saying, an event, a special event for everyone else. So yeah, everyone watch and learn. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, they did something along that lines at the last Palm Bay. I mean, it wasn't a set time, but they had a set LZ, and like there was maybe eight to nine pilots over there, and it was like the four: Matt Minyard, Andrew Fuller. No, um oh uh lauren michaels i mean it was those guys they had beach balls over there they had a golf cart they were i watched andrew fuller uh foot drag a moving golf cart with one foot riding all down the runway with it it was it was it was awesome to see but it was a it was a set area that everybody knew not to fly over or fly near if they were up flying at that time it's like they had like a little box that they were flying in and showing off in but I totally agree with Sean on that. Like, I mean, we should definitely do something like that at a fly, and I'll definitely bring it up to the Bad Apple uh, organization to do something like that. I don't know if they'll, they'll, you know, be inviting to it, but, yeah, definitely try. And, you know, if y'all want to end this on a uh, on a good note, it might be a bad – Ford is the best truck out there. You know uh, – <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And Matt, red, 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 red line <laughs> is the best all. Red armor. <laughs> hey, Sean, seriously, you've been flying all over the place, all over the states, you were saying earlier. Where is 
one of your most favorite places to fly and what was your most epic flight? Oh, man. You know, well, when we did a paracarnival uh, with Kylo Lee, uh, that would always top, you know, not, not every flight that we had was the best flight. You know, Moab, you know, it was fun. But the time of year we went, you know, we see all these pictures of people flying through the arch and stuff like that. Well, we didn't get that opportunity, you know. Uh, <clears throat> those rocks when we went uh, was hot and the thermals was making it a little, a little trashy, you know. Uh, I, at one time, we, we was camping there in Moab in some tents and stuff along the river. And so we had like a thousand foot wall right there on the side of the river all the way to the top. So we're like in the bottom, you know. I'm looking up and I see uh, Kylo Glee coming in to land. And I'm wondering why he's coming in to land. And I decided I want to take off, you know, and he's coming down and I'm going up. And once I got up, I realized why he was coming down. <laughs> it was a storm coming our way. <laughs> yeah, it, it got ugly and it got ugly quick. And I remember uh, when I seen it and I decided to come down, that wind started picking up. And when you in between rocks down there by the cold water, that air got trashy, you know. So I will never forget Moab, but at that particular time we went, was it uh, probably the best time, you know? Uh, uh, we what flew over, did you go? When was it? Whenever the eclipse took place. Uh, I don't remember what month that was. Uh, but it was during the time of the eclipse. Cause we was actually in Casper, Wyoming when the eclipse took place. Uh, I don't know if that was a good time of year or, or not. Uh, uh, maybe it was just a bad day we was there, a bad week we was there, I don't know. But we was all over the place, you know. We, uh, I remember uh, Chris Montez, uh, he hanged out with us quite a bit. And we flew over uh, the, art, the national park with the arches or whatever. And we failed to realize that you're supposed to maintain, I think, a 2,000-foot elevation over that national park. And <laughs> me and Chris Montez, so <laughs> we're breaking all those rules. <laughs> we're down in, the, in, down in the park. <laughs> and what was funny about it, I, I looked around. I'm like, where's Chris at? Because he was nowhere else to be found. That rascal landed, uh, he ran out of gas. But uh, just so happened he was high enough that he was able to uh, glide off of the, the park, the national park, and go down to, there's a road down there. And he was able to uh, glide off and land on the road and somebody came and picked him up. He, he ran out of gas. But imagine what we could have got into if he ran out of gas and landed there at that national park. You know, you supposed to maintain 2,000 foot over from my understanding, you know, so uh, th those are good memory flights. Uh, uh, where we fly at? Uh, we, uh, met Chris uh, Santa Crochet. You know, we went to the south uh, side there, there in Utah, and did some free flying. You know, uh, look, I don't have a. I'm not a paraglider. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't have a paraglider harness. I didn't ask Chris for one. 
So you know these little, uh, <laughs> you know our little our kiting harnesses. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. Yeah. Please continue oh. this story. Yeah, so, <laughs> my holiday told me it was safe. <laughs> wow. Hey, the the man, you know, for Michael Holiday, uh, for his uh his memorial, for his service, for his funeral, you know, the family, because I was so close to him, they asked me uh to say uh, some words to talk a little bit about Mike share some memories and stuff like that. And I'm trying to think the, the maddest time that I ever got mad at Mike. You got to understand, Mike was a really good guy. Everybody loves uh, uh, Michael Holiday. You know, just all around good guy. There was size to him that might get on your nerves sometimes because he's so anal about some things, you know. But I, I was sitting there trying to uh, think about the maddest I ever got at, at, at Michael. And so that day at uh, on the south side, uh, with, with free flying there uh, with a cutting harness uh, <laughs> there in Utah. When you glide down to the bottom, there's two ways of getting up. And one of the two ways is if, if, a, if a friend is down there with a, a ride, you know, you could ride with your friend back up to the top, you know. Uh, the other option is, is if your friend is on top of the mountain, and not picking you up and you got to climb the mountain, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I remember trying to, Michael didn't pick me up and from the ground looking up, I didn't think it looked so bad, but halfway up there, I was tired. I was burned out and I didn't know which way to go. I'm looking down and I'm seeing buddies picking up their buddies, you know, and they getting rides up to the top, you know, and they laughing, cutting up. And I'm sitting there trying to climb up to the top of that thing. And Michael's up there laughing at me. <laughs> And I'm tired and I'm burned out. And uh, I, I got frustrated, really. I, I really did. And, and that's probably the maddest I ever got with, uh, uh, at Michael. Uh, some good times, you know. But so, uh, yeah, uh, that was that was fun. Uh, honestly, here at home, we had this crawfish ponds. Uh, we got rice fields. It's a lot of water over here, especially during this time of uh, time of year you know so when you get up in the air there's thousands and thousands of acres you know of uh of water crawfish ponds and rice fields and they ain't but knee deep you know they're not deep at all so uh if anybody wants to fly crawfish ponds i got probably one of the best places to fly out of you know uh i, I love flying at home i truly do so uh that's that all right. Well, man, I've I've had an amazing time listening to your stories. Um, I'm 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 speechless on some of them. <laughs> Not quite sure how to react on others, and opinionated on some, and thinking some things are a good idea and some things aren't a bad idea. So this has been really fun and very interesting. I really appreciate you, yeah. Sean and Rachel, for for yeah. joining us tonight. This has been really awesome. Um, any other, uh, anything else from the panel before we, uh, call this a night? Was there anything else that we missed in the chat? There was a pair of ninja. He said that he, it's a thorny question and it's about flying etiquette. 
and it's about starting the motor on the back or no ground start rules. I, he, I guess as far as fly-ins go, because it causes a lot of tension in our groups. So, so <clears throat> look here, the, the whole two hours and 10 minutes we've been sitting right here. I didn't know that I could see the chats and I was looking at the bottom of the, the screen right here and I just seen a button right there, button, so I clicked on it and then all of a sudden the little chats popped up. And I, so I just read it and I'm sitting here thinking, I hope he don't next with that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> <Our> man. <laughs> Wow. Just got you at that last moment, though. <laughs> you don't want me to answer that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just opinions. I mean, you know, this show is so, opinions, so, and it's free so, speech opinions. So do I believe in uh, uh, that at fly-ins or in general that uh, you still have the motor on your back? After seeing a lot of things that has happened to people, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the best advice it could be, you know. Uh, I know some people put a strap on their prop, you know, to keep it from spinning in case the throttle was stuck, you know. I know a lot of times we do get caught up in that moment to where my, my kids are bad about this, you know. Well, that's them. It ain't never happened to me, you know, and they think they bulletproof. You know, so every time uh, it, it's for some people, it might not ever happen to. And, and for for quite a few that it has happened to has had some very bad outcomes. You know, some of them is just a finger. Or some of them it could be an arm, you know, or I've seen some where half their head look like they got scalped. You know, I would never recommend ground starting just don't come flying <laughs> so i am very anal uh, about checking my slack and my throttle I, you still yet yeah, you could go through all the loops to make sure everything is perfect for when you crank it you know and i don't care how big a man you are you know and how well you got a hold of that thing but if it ever did happen, the unknown uh, might be a territory you wish you never uh, took part of. And, and, you know, so sooner or later, it, it could happen to any of us, you know. But you don't so, recommend it. Oh, absolutely not. If you, if you have a that, – that's a good thing. You know, I scuba dive, you know, and, and one thing about scuba diving, you, you shouldn't really honestly never do it alone. You should have a buddy, you know. And, and one thing good about having a buddy, you know, is, is, is a lot of this is safety. You, you, you go scuba diving, you take courses. A lot of the courses, uh, I was talking to Jerry about this the other day, uh, a lot of the course is about safety. You know, uh, having a buddy there helps out. Same thing with flying. If you got a buddy there, hey, you start me and I start you. You know, uh, uh, you know I mean, no, I, I, I don't recommend it. Absolutely at all. I, I, I really don't. Even though I have a tendency to to do it myself, that's a gamble that that I take. You know, uh, I absolutely don't. And when it comes to fly-ins, we got enough people there to help you start your motor. You know, because if you ground start it and the motor does go crazy on you, it's not just you. You know. 
you got other pilots around. You got bystanders. You got people watching. And a lot of times these people are not very far from you. You know, uh, honestly, at fly-ins, it should really be a rule. And I got a question for you with that in regard to that. You said uh, because there's other people around, I start you, you start me. So, I mean, I went to a fly-in the other day and, and nobody even thought of assisting in starting. We all started it all on, on our backs and everything. Mm -hmm. Most of us did anyway. And uh, we encouraged people with different techniques, but I thought it was, that's a good point that we can have somebody help us start. Well, a lot of times, uh, right in and then have somebody pull, pull the cord. Well, so here's what happens. A lot of times uh, with these motors, uh, you got the motor on your back, you strapped in, and, and it's aggravating. You go to, even if you can reach back there and grab it and pull it yourself, and you pull, 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 and it don't start. Well, now you got to have, you're going to set it, have to set it down, start all back over, and prime it. You know, push the button, squeeze it. But if you got somebody there with you, you know, hey, uh, give me a squirt. <laughs> <I know. laughs> give me a squirt and pull my thing <laughs> yeah, yeah we went from give me a squirt uh you pull i pull your words you pull mine <laughs> it's, it must be getting late <laughs> <laughs> where's jerry at <laughs> jerry, uh, oh my gosh where, where's steve minty at <laughs> <laughs> How you say his last name? Yeah. Yeah. Good show. Yeah, yeah. So, but honestly, though, uh, uh, we we should, you know, help one another out and make safety a bigger priority. You know, uh, in these events, you know, it's all about safety, man. We're having a good time and being safe. Yeah, man. So are there any videos of people who start on their back and then the motor gets away on them? I seen one. one that happened. It slammed them. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, he survived it. He didn't get hurt. But uh, I guess getting slammed <laughs> and look like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is a better yeah. option than, than that thing going crazy on you and hurting yeah. you. But you know what I really feel bad? Even if it got away from you and you didn't get hurt and it hurt somebody else, you know. I've, I've, met, I've, met, a, I've met a couple like that. Uh, the guy got a, a new one, wasn't it? Wasn't flying yet, but he wanted to start it up, started it up, uh, went full throttle. Uh, he was fine, but, but it kicked over and hit his wife and his wife got, um, um, hurt. And, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it, I've, I've met, unfortunately, a lot of people that have had stories and mm -hmm. online too, where you can see somebody starting their motor up and getting chopped up and pictures on yeah. Facebook and our, and our paramotoring groups and stuff showing these things. And it's like, it's just not worth it. It's like the risk versus reward, you know, it's like, uh, what's, what's the reward of possibly hurting yourself or somebody else around you. It's just not worth it. You know, drop, you know, put on your back, you know, uh, put it on the rack. It's not that difficult to do. I seen, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of folks that has a rack 
like on the back of their car or, or on the back of uh, their truck that they carry their paramotor on, you know, and uh, the way they have them clamped down, you know, a lot of these guys uh, started in the wreck because it's fastened down, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and after they fire it up, warm it up, then they put it on their back. But I'm, with, I'm, but I'm with you, Sean. You know, when it comes to you are out there by yourself at your LZ and you do whatever, that's like paramotoring, you know, under FR 103. We, we, this is a single seat because nobody cares if you hurt yourself doing something that yep. you're doing. So if you're out there at your own LZ and uh, you want to ground start it yourself, hey, you know, that's you, that you're the pilot in command, but you got to think about the safety also too. You know, if you pull that, that thing and it spins up and it comes over and it, number one, hurts somebody else or tears up somebody else's wing, you know, now you're liable for that and it's not worth it. It's not worth it doing around anyone else. That's, that's my thought. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I built a, a platform which has worked really, really well for starting my paramotor. And uh, I've used it for, well, three quarters of a year until a couple of weeks back, I realized I wasn't getting quite the power I should be getting out of my paramotor. And I, it was starting to warm up here. So I thought I'd better tweak it and uh, adjust the screw and tune it. So it worked better. Well, I, I, uh, I put, I, tra- I went to put full throttle. I'm standing on this board, and the board starts sliding across the ground. <laughs> I never <laughs> anticipated that. I was, I was like, it scared the crap out of me. And uh, so now I put it on my back. I sit on the ground and I, I start it. But at least that way I can. It's on my back. I'm strapped. I'm not totally strapped into it, but I can get out of it too because I don't have all the stuff on. But at least it's not going anywhere into my hands or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen a lot of those boards. I went to a fly-in not too long ago, and I, I saw quite a few of those boards. And after that experience, I thought, I don't know how wise yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can continue on, you know, if you want to. Been almost two and a half hours. There are some subjects we didn't get into that I had on note, you know. Uh, I think I think we need to have you on uh, again. I think we need to book you again and have a part two with you. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's a great idea. Linda, what do you think? Uh, can you I book him? Because so. because I know that we're we're booked until July something. So if you want to, maybe come back and do another. We can do another two and a half hours in July and then have a part two, and maybe we can yeah. hear from Rachel. Yeah, yeah, she been a little quiet, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she's so quiet back there. I mean, you know, there's so much dead air. She could have jumped in any time. <laughs> yeah, after DFD, you can come give us a report. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that'll be here before you know it. You know, it actually starts on my birthday, September the nineteenth. Happy, well, happy, happy early birthday. Uh, so how, <laughs> so how old do I look? If y'all had to guess, 
I'd say, hold on a second. Let me let me put you on here as a spotlight while everyone is talking. We can uh, we can we can look at you and still talk. So, um, you look at before you guess. You got to look at my wife. You got to take her age in consideration. Oh, (laughs) sixteen. There you go. <laughs> so so the wives are always 29 forever and uh guys are usually fine being in their 50s i know i'm almost 53 and you look like you're younger than me that's my guess you're younger than me you didn't guess <laughs> you're, you're, you look younger than 53 um next jim what do you think Oh, I've got no idea. I can never tell age. All right. Well, what do you so think? I was, in, I was in church the other day. I don't know what brought this on. And uh, they had two different guys. Uh, I guess they somehow always talk about age or something like that. When I told them my age, they did not believe me. And it made me feel good. So I'm just... Well, it looks like looks like they're uh, you know we got the the chat starting to say something. Bill H says you look thirty two. Aaron I thinks you look uh, forty eight. Um, what? Bill H. <laughs> Bill, Bill H. is a good guy. Ain't he. <laughs> so uh, September when the uh, endless foot drag starts, I will be forty five. Forty what? Forty five. Yeah, that's what I was gonna I say. I was close. I said forty two. <laughs> Well, thank yeah. God. So thank God we didn't say 63 or something. <laughs> the guy, the guys at church the other day, uh, they both thought I was in my 30s, you know. Right well, on, man. Bill thought you were 30, 30 something. I knew that you were oh, under. My, uh... my wife, can we talk about her age? Sure. No, we never discussed the woman's Let, age. Yeah, well, we can. Can. It's, it's, it's I'm a... young. I am nine years old. She's a late year, baby. She's a little man. Oh, leap year, nine years. Okay. Was it, is it not, would it be, so would it be nine times four? Yeah. Okay. Well, now I know what so you're doing. But you'd be, what, 38? I'm 38. I'll be 39 in February. Wow. And you do not look 38. No, I was still I'm thinking saying. 29. Uh-huh. I wish. <laughs> she really don't look any different. I met her when she was 20, 21. 21. One one. Okay. I, I'm not saying nothing about my age because <laughs> I got I you you all just youngsters, okay? I'm just saying, y'all just <laughs> youngsters. It's okay, but you're only as young as you feel, so I'm not yeah. gonna leave it at that. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm 103, but you oh, know. Oh God. <laughs> well, I had a few on my name. How about the Sorry. queen? Man, what? she's got to be like 203. She's like unbelievable that she's still around. The queen. Oh, the one they think, had that. Um, she's 96. Is that all? I mean, she was old when I was a kid. <laughs> they just celebrated. They just celebrated her reign of 70 years as queen. She wow, queen. that's she right. Yeah. 26. That's unreal. Long live the queen. Well, yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah. Long live the queen. Long live the queen. There you go. Oh, wait, they're talking about me. Oh, long live the queen. Yeah, that's long live the queen. This has been really (laughs) a very. Hey, John Wayne says everybody looks 12 to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, John um, Wayne is 29 also. I think we're all 29. <laughs> we'll just stop just stop birthdays after 29. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I cried when I turned 30. She did. I did. <laughs> Perry Ninja said, how about Top uh, Tom Cruise? Just saw Top Gun 2. That was a good movie. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. Is it something that I should see? Yeah. Is it is was it good? Was it worth it? Yeah. You want me to you want me to spoil it? You want me to just spoil it for you? No. Um me personally, I don't care, but everyone else uh, probably they would care, so let's not. Well he got he got killed at the end of the movie. What? What? He just no. Yeah, just go see it. It's awesome. Nice. Right. Yeah. So, so we was at a fly-in uh, the day that the uh, Top Gun opened up at the, the theater, yeah. and so midday we don't fly right. So we went. And, uh, several of us got together and went and uh, watched it. Wasn't it supposed to come out before the COVID thing hit? Yeah, yeah done I th- like over two years ago. I thought so because my friends and I were planning a trip to fly over to a place that had a big field right behind the movie theater and we were going to go watch it, but then the COVID hit. So I thought that was the movie, but it's been so long. Yeah, but of all the movies that I've seen or uh, them put out, you know, uh, for watching trailers and stuff like that, it's been a long time if I ever could say a movie gets the attention that this one has gotten. This one has got so much attention on Facebook or, or wherever. Everybody that I've seen that has watched it, I haven't heard any complaints. You know, just a lot of bragging about the movie. And it was, it, they didn't take away anything from the, the original. They just added to it like 30 years later, you know? That's cool. And, the, and, and then the technology, you know, had just gotten better, you know, it, at the filming, their, their skills or uh, uh, the crew, you know, the technology, you know. So, yeah, very good movie. I'm gonna I would watch it. it again. I would watch it again. A must see for anyone. Yep. What'd she say? A must see for anyone. I will watch it. When it You're going to wait for it to come out on Netflix, huh? When it comes out on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will watch it, though. <laughs> When it's a free download 10 years from now. No. <laughs> no, that sounds like a good movie. I I, I do want to watch it, yes. And uh I, I don't know, maybe I will go to the movie theater. I don't know. Yeah. Typically when I go to the movies, I fall asleep. Do you really? I'm so active. I'm I'm A D D D D D D D. You know. Yeah. I'm a very busy body. I can relate to that. I don't hardly ever sit down and watch TV. You know, if I do, I push myself so much when I'm outside mm-hmm. that if I do sit down on a shutdown. Right. And not maybe not for long. You know, I might take a little 10-minute power nap, then I'm wide open. But uh I wouldn't sleep if I didn't have to. I know. I don't sleep. like I don't like I don't like sleeping. It's a waste of time. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Darn sleep. What's that all about? Um, well, we got to I got to get off here. I got to get up, go to the gym in the morning. Oh, there we go. Your wife, oh, like, you get off. My goodness. Go, go to the gym. Yeah, I need to go to the gym tomorrow and get into the tanning bed. 
There's a massage table there too at the gym, so I'll go to the gym, go to the massage bed, go to the uh, tanning bed, and that's my day. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. That's far. They didn't read my comment. Good to see you too, bro. Was it Dave Ruff said something? What did Dave Ruff say? Uh, I can't see. I I don't know. My my eyes are awful. He said that you and Rachel are stand up people. Oh. (laughs) Appreciate it. That's true. Yep, thank you so much for being out Well, I can honestly I say I don't think I I don't think I have any enemies out there. I mean Dave Ruff is here. a cool cat too, so you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. There you go. Hey, it's really it's really hard for me to, to see. I don't know what's going on with me. Um uh before we go, uh Will Fly, can you see the chat okay? Can yeah. you see the names? Can you just say hello to everybody in the chat for me? Because my eyes are so blurry today. I don't know why. What, what's going on? I bored you that bad? <laughs> Man, I tell you, this this getting old grandpa crap is for the freaking birds. Oh, good right, so, uh, We got uh, Padre Book, Brooke, PPG, Joshua Marsh, Paramotor, James, Jim Care, PPG, Phil Huker. I think I said that right. Bill H, Kylo Glee. Uh, Tommy Sutherland, uh, Travis Dupont, Hot Buttered Productions, Hi. Henry Gramillion, uh, let's see, and Andre Gramillion, and gosh, lots of people. Um, Good. Cool. Do, 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 I got him, William Garland, and John Wayne. Cowboy. Yeah, lots of people in the chat, lots of activity too. Walter Priori, what's up from Walter Chica? Once again, I'm so happy when I see him in the chat because I know tomorrow is coming. Yeah, <laughs> coming. Uh, Thomas Lynn Holland. Let's see. Hope I'm not missing anyone. Kelby Cox, what's up, Kelby? Hey, Kylo was in there too earlier. Kylo Glee, yep, got him. Hi, Kyle. See, he's probably in bed now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard working man, right there. I don't know yes, how he, he is. Does. I don't know. Yeah, he is. Uh, just going down the list Angela Preslick. What's up, Angela? Hi, Angela. Love you. And let's see. John Wayne, Bill H. Okay. I do believe that I got everybody. If I miss someone, I'm really yeah. sorry. Awesome. Oh, Aaron, I. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron and I, the PPG guy. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Aaron and I. Aaron Ninja, Clark's video. Oh, Get a couple more in here. Yeah. That's Steve good. David Clark's Ruff. What's up, David? What's up, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad I kept going down the list because I'd have missed some people. Uh oh. So exciting. Uh-oh. Really good. Thanks for doing that, Will. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Sean and Rachel, for hanging out with us for two and a half hours. Wow. So what's what's your longest podcast? Five. (sighs) Huh? Five hours. No way. Way. Uh So people (laughs) fell asleep and you woke up and like, oh, it's still on. (laughs) I think so. They woke up, they went to bed, they came back. It's like, wow, good morning. They're still, they're still on. Um, I think it was during it was during the winter time, you know, the COVID hit, so everybody was, you know, listening, and we had the after show. People were jumping yeah. on, and fun. we still, you know, we're we probably could have gone on for more, but my wife, you know, was like went to bed and was going like, 
It's bedtime. <laughs> Sorry, dogs. That was me. Oh no! Now my wife is like, not only did you knock, now the dogs are. Uh, I better. Oh. I better go, or else I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> You're out of control now. Whisper Jet um, America just got one. Sorry. <laughs> So had a really good time, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Sean and Rachel. And my dogs are howling now. I'm, no, I that, was, that was me. I'm sorry, oh, dogs. Come, come back. Oh, my, <laughs> my wife is is ready to just beat me up now because uh, yep. we should be in bed. But anyways, uh, guys, thank you so much. I really definitely appreciate. It. We need to book you for for next month. Um, talk with Linda and uh, see where, when we have uh, the next opening. Oh, I would yeah, love. Yeah. Love to chat. With... Open. Yeah, we definitely right need a part two. Well. We we need a part two, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And let your and let your wife talk this time. Oh my God, come on now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and and you guys got to go too, because you know you got to get some sleep. You got to fly into that. You got to drive too. So yeah. you know, I totally understand. Or else we would go for five hours. Why not? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already told you I don't like sleeping. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, so how about this? Next time, we'll go ahead and say we'll shoot for a six-hour podcast. Oh, Lord. Uh, we got to beat the record. It's <laughs> 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 called Midnight at the Oasis here. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to break the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Sean and Rachel. We definitely appreciate you. You are absolutely you, wonderful people. Yeah. And nice talking to y'all. Yep. Hopefully, just, I didn't bore any of you guys. Thank you. Uh, no, oh, yeah, no I was boring just, like, at all. Sleeping, you We're know. Awesome. Like, yeah. Thank you all for the invite. We had a good time. Absolutely. Had a, had a blast. So, anyways, guys, uh, thank you so much, uh, everybody in the super chat, everyone that's listening to us. This is episode 124, season three on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com. You can watch us live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you missed the show, don't worry, you can go over to your favorite podcasting app or run over to paratalk.org, and that's where you can see all of our uploads in the, um, I guess, the uh, audio version of it you can go even go to amazon uh and and type in pbg grandpa's promoter podcast and find us on amazon and um uh was that prime um music uh, amazon music and just the audible you can go to audible and listen to our podcast we are everywhere that's what i say we are every where can i find you and i said just search for a paramotor podcast and anthony velas would come up first because he coined that term you know paramotor podcast anthony you got it you're, you're awesome yeah but uh yeah we're, we're we're second right underneath anthony vela so yeah um anyways y'all have a wonderful evening you guys don't go anywhere we'll say goodbye after we say goodbye uh on okay. on, on the air and oh, uh so okay. peace out everybody we love y'all and we will see Bye. you next week Bye, guys. Have an awesome one. And we are going to say goodbye to the audio. Good night.